the Depotescue Podcast. I am CJ with me as always is my head roll. I may rego. What's up, Vengeance? What's up, motherfucker? <laughs> I threw a twist on that one on you. You did. You saw me because I was I was gonna kind of do a Batman impression and then you, I was like, oh fuck, what's my line? Oh, I, right. I, I didn't, I didn't know. I actually, because you know, I don't actually look at you when I do that because I have to like exert myself. So, you know. Well, I, I all right. Uh, let me, let me. Uh, I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am a motherfucker. <laughs> um, and Steph has kids. No, okay. Well, I mean, I'm a motherfucker <laughs> in the sense that, like, you're a motherfucker. You're a motherfucker. Well, motherfuckers, motherfucker. I um. Okay, so so quick quick background for the audience before we bring our, our guest in, because we actually have a guest for this episode, but very quickly before we bring the guest in, um, I can't talk about the specifics, but they have tapped me to potentially do a podcast for my job, an internal podcast. Like, it would only be for employees, or at least help put the pieces together on how to do it. And uh, as such, other people at the company are like, we'd love to go listen to your podcast. And I'm like... You can do that, but be very aware it's very different in than than any like anything you guys are gonna want. And they're like, "Is it that bad?" It's not bad, but like I said, lying. It's not safe for work. It's exactly what I said. And they're like, "Well, what do you mean?" And they 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 still weren't getting it. I'm like, "All right, look, can I can I just be free and frank for a second? They're like, "Yes." I'm like, "All right." You know, how some people are fluent in Spanish and and other languages, and they're like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Okay, my co-host is fluent in motherfucker," and they were like, "Oh," and I'm like, "Yeah," and I'm not exactly much better. So <laughs> you know, you know, because I fluent. Yeah, so and they were like, oh, "Okay," so but they also laughed. They found it rather funny. So anyway, that's right. beside the point. Um, here it 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 he's our friend. I would say definitely more yours than than mine. But why don't you tell the the audience who's with us again? Uh, the one and only Michael, my my good buddy Michael, who you have heard for the episode, call me Ish Michael. Yeah, uh, here he is. The the. Uh, the Moby Dick to to Potaskew coming back for another wave. Here we go. What's up, Michael? Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Good, man. Good. It's good to have you back. Yeah, that was what uh, almost two years ago. I think it was June 2020. Was it really shit? Yeah, I just noticed from our last call. I was like, wow. I thought I can't believe it's been that long. Well, well it's yeah. almost been a year since I was out there. Yeah. So you know. Which which kind of blows my mind a little bit. I know. So Jeez. it was actually oh, you tricky, it, bitch. Yeah, right. It was actually right around now that I bought the ticket, like a year ago ish, is right when I bought the ticket to come out there, and then we hid that shit from you for like that long. It was rather funny. So because yeah, you came out for Rico's birthday, so correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But That's... I bought the ticket like in like early to mid April, so it's a little after. But yeah. Um, because it was like when I saw the price, it was like click. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, the option was him buying me a lightsaber or coming out to see me. And I'm like, I would have preferred the lightsaber. At this I think point. Michael that, said that, that too when I was out there. I think you said, you're like, <laughs> why didn't you just buy him the fucking lightsaber? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, man, it's good. It's good to have you back uh, as we are uh, getting really close to. Um, four year, four years. Uh, this episode, if my math is right, is coming out the the week. 
No, the week before. So the week before, four years, I believe. So, but still, pretty pretty exciting. So it's good to have you back for that. And uh, yeah, man, can you believe that he and I have been doing this shit for four years and almost two hundred episodes? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Michael, I, do you remember when I told you that I was <laughs> like starting a podcast with like basically a total stranger? Do, like, do you remember me? Do you remember that conversation? Briefly or barely, I don't know. Yeah. I, it's not the weirdest thing you've brought up to me out of the blue. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're I, not going to talk about that. Stephanie might be close. Just the whole like random LA online dating thing. That might be a little up there, you know. Well, I mean, I I knew I wanted to spend time with her. I didn't know if I wanted to spend time with you. <laughs> yeah, that goes two ways, there, buddy. <laughs> I still don't know, to be perfectly honest, motherfucker. <laughs> Like I live with her, I talk to you a couple times a week. There's, there's the, uh, there's the difference. If if we live together, we would need a duplex. That's all I'm saying. So, I mean, do we even want to bring up which number online girlfriend Stephanie is? Oh no, <laughs> um, I, I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't. Well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Possible. That's that's probable. Yeah. Uh, m- most of mine have been two, though, so I can't say much yeah. beyond that. So, um, but anyway, we're not, not here to talk yeah, girlfriends not. for sure. Um, that's not what we're here to talk about, or or possibly bad life decisions. Stephanie not being one of them, but other not nice, nice save. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but we are here to talk about uh, Robert Battinson. Uh, and the Batman, the the newest uh, incarnation in the Batman movies, um, certainly not. Uh, can't I don't think we can say franchise Rico because they're all kind of like sub franchises within themselves. Really, I mean, you know. Well, you can. Con- you, I guess we can consider this a franchise now because they did finally confirm there will be a sequel. So well, not I just that, but, but I'm just saying, like the Batman as a whole is a franchise, right? Like the Batman character is a franchise. Mm-hmm. But then you've got like the the Keaton or the 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 yeah. Burton Schumachers, and then you got the Nolans, and now you got this, and you know, right, right, right. So, um, but as I understand it, and I don't know much, honestly, Michael, I I I hear you have some real problems with this thing. Well, I mean, since I last told Rico my opinion, I have spent a lot of time. Uh, well, I've watched it. Almost three full times now. So I, I'm just trying to open my mind and maybe understand why so many people are enjoying it. I'm still not getting a lot of mental stimulation off of it. So <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Okay. Because <laughs> um, it, it's funny, and 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 you may or may not be shocked by this. And Rico, I don't even think I've told you this yet. For me, it's probably the third best one in that in all those ones we just briefly rambled off. It, it's right up there, right under Batman Begins in the Dark Knight, and I don't know that those are in any particular order. Well, I guess probably Batman Begins, because, you know, I, I prefer that just slightly better. But, you know. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's right up there for me. I, I I am surprised how much I like this. But I, I, and I liked it from the beginning, and it has nothing to do with the hype. It has nothing to do with the, I Rico will tell you, the um, and the audience knows, I kind of go out of my way to avoid spoilers i go out of my way to avoid trailers i kind of go out of my way to hear other people's opinions until i see it for the first time so 
that's strictly based on my opinion as opposed to like outside influence, you know? It's true. Like there'll be frequently, like, I don't, I don't know what was something that we watched recently, but like I was telling him like, Oh yeah, dude, you like, you know, this movie's coming out and then I'll get a text from him. I guess it was the Batman. And he texted me. He's like the fucking like John Turturro's in this fucking movie. I'm like, yeah, dude, like, Watch a trailer. Yeah, like, I've known about that for fucking ever. Yeah, I had no idea. I was waiting for you to be like, "Who the fuck is playing the penguin?" I'm like, "That's Colin." Fer-. Like, I was waiting for that conversation. Yeah, yeah, and and it's weird because it, unless you know it, it really looks nothing like him. Nothing. No, it looks like Richard Kind. I actually. I don't know about that. No, Richard oh, Kind's man. got more of the duck lips thing going. I I would. It looks more like Richard Kind than it does Colin Farrell. Well, okay, if you're doing that, yes, I. That's I, what I'm saying. It doesn't look like Colin Farrell. It doesn't even sound like Colin Farrell. It's 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 Colin Farrell doing his best Robert De Niro impression. Th- this is gonna sound really bad. I'm sure I'm gonna take shit for this, but it's in the eyes. If you know it's him and you look, because he's got very distinct eyes, and if you look, then you can see the Colin Farrell in there. But that's it. So I would I I agree. I was more stunned by Peter Skarsgård or Sarsgård. Mm-hmm. I guess is how you say it. Right, I think it's Peter. Peter, Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah. yeah, that 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 one was like, hey, it's that guy. <laughs> it's you know. it's that motherfucker. It's not Skarsgård. It's Sarsgaard. It's yeah, that yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, when Michael and I saw the Batman together, and I John Turturro showed up, he I didn't realize at the time until later, but he had leaned in close to me and went, "Kuz Fraba," <laughs> which which is a line from Anger Management. Oh. Which is like how they calm themselves down. Like, all right, repeat after me. Coos Fraba. And John Turturro said it. Like, it, that was sort of like his scene, apart from the other crazy scenes of him. So I didn't register what Michael will say to me because I was like, holy fuck, it's John Turturro. This is sure. Batman. What the fuck is going on? And I, m- my opinion, like, I, I liked the Batman, but I still have issues with it too like i think it was a little bit more open-minded than michael but i didn't love it as much as you did CJ. but no and and i but i, I want to be clear i'm not saying this is a perfect film i can i can see some some issues but it it is up there for me but i'm not i mean rico you and i've been doing this for damn near 200 episodes how many how many times have i said to you the thing's fucking perfect whatever it is that we're talking about I think the better goal is that you and I agree. That's that's a more yeah. Like when we when we get to something, we're like, all right, we both agree this movie was awesome or this movie sucked. That's one for the books. It's also Not, most of our worst episodes. <laughs> that's that is that is actually true. So um, no one wants to see us agree, right? Yeah, Michael? it's it's strange. So <laughs> um, Michael, but what did what didn't you? Um, so what what what? And I'm sure you might have multiple things you didn't like, but what what what's your biggest like gripe about the film? Uh, that's a tough one, man. I mean, I could break it down scene by scene, however you want to go about this. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about um, the first appearance he makes in that movie okay. when he comes up on the guys in the subway. Um, I don't know. Are we? How much uh, spoilers can we talking about? Here? We're, we're, we're gonna spoil it. Don't we're worry. gonna spoil okay. the crap All out right. of it. Yeah, go for All it. All right. It's a good disclaimer. Um, anyway, so, for example, like, the, the guys that were in the subway, 
when he shows up, they're like, oh, who the hell, who the hell is this guy? Like, what, what are you dressed up as? And it's like, are you serious? Like, he's got the bat symbol in the sky, so he's clearly been established for a long period of time. Like, everybody knows him in the city, and they're just like, oh, who the hell is this dumbass dressed up like this? Like, what? What are you talking about? So, these guys just fly out of country, and even, even so, like, if this Batman's a serious thing, you probably know him all over the fucking world. So, like, I, well... <laughs> Okay, so a couple of thoughts right off the bat there, but and it's certainly not arguing with you, but just ways to kind of, and Rico will tell you I do this a lot. Like, I tried to put some logic into some of the arguments. So oh, here, please do. Here, here's, here's, <laughs> here's, please here, put logic in this bullshit movie. Here, here, here's what I can tell you. I, I think he, he's been at this for two years at this point because he says it during one of the voiceovers. So he's only been at this for about two years. So world fame, I don't think I don't think he's at that level yet. Just to to knock that part off, I I think I would say he's he's Gotham famous for sure. I can't argue that. But what I do think is that he's very selective about when he shows up. So the symbol everybody knows because it's clear everybody looks up and sees it and they're like, oh shit. But what I think he is. In a lot of places, there is a, is more of a story, and only a handful of people have actually seen him or interacted with him. So they may not be familiar with what he looks like. He himself directly looks like. Now, yes, he still has the bad ears, so it should be pretty fucking obvious. I can't argue that. But I'm saying that at least it's possible that they may not know exactly what he looks like everybody everywhere. You know. Well, the the implication is that I think at one point Battenson says that he's he does this every night, whether he is fighting crime or whether he's just lurking over fucking balconies is debatable. Right. But he's still yeah. going out semi nightly. No, he he is. But I'm saying like, or like they showed three examples of crimes happening almost simultaneously. Right. There's the guy getting Correct. jumped in the subway where he shows up. You got the the people spray painting what I think was a bank or a courtroom where it said they were writing broken on the pillars, and then there's the the drop head robbing the the corner. You know what the the um, I was gonna make a Spider Man joke, but I just blanked on the the name of the fucking store. Uh, anyway. Uh, but those are the three crimes, and they're all happening simultaneously. And he says, I, he even says in the voiceover, "I can't be everywhere all the time. I it can't do it." So I'm I'm almost wondering if he's cherry picking which ones he actually intervenes in. You know, I don't I don't necessarily so he decides to intervene on one guy getting beat up out of everything that's happening on Halloween well, night. Well, in, he uh, intervenes in, uh, those... on the guys that have the most dudes. Because yeah. I don't see I don't see Batman going into a convenience store. No, stopping around. No, obviously, but I would I would kind of want to see that though. Just okay, like so, some... everybody else that was having a crime in those scenes saw the symbol, knew the story, maybe didn't know what he looked like, but were fully aware of him. So you see some guy ominous, ominously coming down the stairs at you, clearly geared out of his fucking mind, and you're just like, oh, this guy's just you know just dressing up for Halloween. Let's beat his ass, like. I mean, and also this yeah. is placed in in today kind of technology, right? So it's like think about how much stupid shit everybody knows in the world today off of just like a meme or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like somebody fucking sneezes on a fucking debate, and everybody in the world knows about it. There's 14 YouTube songs made about it. Like you're really telling <laughs> me that they don't fucking know who fucking Batman is? <laughs> oh, again, I see. I think I think they know who Batman is in terms of they know that. 
he's a thing and that he's a threat, but it's possible if he's as good as he, say, he says he is, or he, he, he typically is, maybe he was able to hide himself enough until it gets, you know, to a point where he doesn't, he can't afford to anymore. I don't know. What what it is, it's, it's the Black well, that's Island. Just every just, day and night for him, he just beats up 10 guys. He doesn't kill anybody, so all the witnesses are alive. So if that's happened even one time before, there's 10 people out there who talk to a bunch of other people and say what the fuck they saw. Mm. Unless every scene is him fighting in the dark. Well, which there, there are fair enough of those, but that was in fluorescent subway lights. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I see your point, Michael. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not I'm, I see that. his point, too. I'm just trying to throw another angle at it. That's all. So, but the, the, within five minutes of the movie, I'm already going, what the fuck was that? I, I think the whole point of that scene was to show that even though he's trying to be a hero, like the person he saved is like shitting their pants from fear. Mm-hmm. And that's really apart from like, we're going to show you Batman. It's really like we're going to show that nobody looks at Batman as a hero. We're going to get to that at the end. I also took that, Rico. You're not wrong, but I also took it as he... He to the point of the cherry picking, like you said, he's not going to stop a one person convenience store robbery or or people spray painting being vandals. But the ten dudes on one or whatever it is, he's going to go after that. So I I think the cherry picking was very deliberate from a storytelling perspective as well. You know, um, we all we also acknowledge this is like we said, this is a year two Batman. It's not like he can go from one side of Gotham to the other. He can only do so much. Mm-hmm. So he, if he's listening to like, like radio, like police scanners, he's gonna be like, although that, I guess that would have been reported because he was there before it fucking, like, it's hard to know how he knew he, you know, they were on the subway. He was not on the subway. So he just had to be like, I'm going to walk down and hope I find some crime. He could have been, or he could have been tracking that group. Cause they, remember that's, they're watching, they're watching the video. They're watching the video of themselves assaulting the guy in the park from earlier. So he, he might've like, okay, so he didn't stop that one because to your point, he was on the other side of town or whatever. And right. then he's okay. These guys are doing this shit. And to Michael's point in the modern day, it's all over fucking YouTube. So like he sees it, you know, and, <laughs> that is a funny thing to acknowledge that like Batman is doing his fucking detective work by like going on 4chan or fucking like YouTube and shit. Only like that. fans. <laughs> Except that that Bruce Wayne has a TikTok account. All right. (laughs) Yeah. At least Alfred does. If if no one else, Alfred's got a TikTok. Um, God, can we talk about Alfred for a second? You're gonna are you gonna blow fucking uh, what's his name for uh, thirty minutes? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm not. I'm not at all. I thought he was absolutely fucking wasted in this whole movie. He did nothing to really like do much for the plot. Their relationship was. The worst I've ever seen. And I understand that like they're they're setting us up to have like a better relationship in a later film, but it still was like he just wasn't needed in this movie. He helped solve one fucking riddle and then he blows up two but survives. He helped solve okay. two. But but my point is that he's in three scenes. Four if you count the blow up. Sure. I just it's it's the least time I've ever seen an Alfred in a Batman movie. Like even Michael Goff in the four Burton Schumacher films has way more screen time and he has more of a presence. I just felt like it was bizarre. Oh, I mean, you you could argue that the fourth one in that series is centered around Alfred. That story yeah. is yeah. So 
And I just didn't like the the relationship. I didn't understand the animosity apart from, well, you're not my real dad. Like I didn't really understand what, what the fucking filmmaker was, uh, what's whatever the fuck his name is. Reeves. Uh, Reeves. Yeah. Was, uh, was, was aiming for. Well, I mean, and that goes to something that you and I did briefly talk about, but I also saw in the, cause I watched all the extras on this and I definitely want to talk about some of that at some point, Rico, cause there's one in there I'm really impressed about, but we'll get to that later. But you know, they were definitely going for like a a Kurt Cobain quasi emo um, Bruce Wayne, and and as such that 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 you're not my father attitude, you know what I mean? That that fits what they're aiming for there, you know. True, but I just felt uh, I've heard people say this is like their favorite iteration of. Bruce Wayne, because I know finally, I no, I'm sorry, but I, I God, <laughs> I mean, their their argument is we finally see someone who looks haunted. We look, we see someone who looks like he's tormented from the deaths of his parents. And my whole thing is he, he still acted exactly the same whether he was in the cowl or whether he was in a suit or whether he was in the Batcave before he put the cowl on and, and, or took it off. He, and, he, he never was Bruce Wayne. He was and, Batman the entire film. And that was my argument against against the Bruce Wayne in this. Like, you know, it, it, it's fair to say that in general, if, if you're portraying Batman correctly, Batman's not the mask. Bruce Wayne is the mask, and the Batman is who he, he really is. But so the, when he has to be Bruce Wayne, he can be Bruce Wayne. That's why, honestly, for me, it's a toss-up. For, for the Bruce Wayne half of it, it's a toss-up between Affleck and Bale, because I feel like they still nailed that perfectly. You know, I think they took it a little too far with how, like, how he's still acting with, like, his parents were killed yesterday. You know, I agree. Like, obviously, yeah. it makes him who he is today, but it's just like, no matter what kind of tragedy someone goes through, especially as a child, like, you're not going to hold on to it in that manner. Like, you're mm. going, it's going to evolve into something else. And he's, he's just like moping around and he's still like so intensely bothered by any new details he finds out about it. And it's just like, he's on a different path now. It doesn't make any sense for him to be so emotional about it in that way. You know, I think if he was finding out details about it, that would still hit him. Yeah. You I know, especially since that. he doesn't know really the whole story, but I agree with you that he, it wasn't like he was going to therapy. Like oh. I, he, he wasn't like he was, that would have been an interesting. The thing to see of him as Bruce Wayne going to a therapist and having to lie and have the, like you know he has to make up a public persona of what he goes through without revealing he's Batman. That to me would have been a much more interesting scene of him dealing with his grief, dealing with his loss, dealing with being you know Batman and whatever, but not being able to reveal it. I don't know. So Val, I would have been, it would have been but, nice but to this, see that with with he would have already gone through in some way or another. You know, this has happened so many years ago. He's on a path to, you know to try and uphold his father's legacy. Like, I understand when he finds out other things about his father, why that would shake him up, because it's, you know, fucking with his very purpose and existence. But the fact that he's just so mopey about just 
his plain old parents' death, it's like you've had but, a whole lifetime to get over that. But it's also not like he's trying to uh, bring up his father's legacy either. He's this is not the same as the the Nolan Batman, where you know he was always striving to make Thomas Wayne a beacon of hope and taking over the company. At no point do we see this Bruce Wayne interact as Bruce Wayne to like. Like, I think even Alfred says, like, you're squandering your family's fucking money, dude. Yep, yep. So this sounds like a Bruce Wayne who became, like, a drug addict, you know, without being a drug addict. Like, Batman My is impression was less like the other Batmans <laughs> where he became Batman as, like, vengeance and to get rid of, you know, the bad guys and this and that. It was his father was trying to fix the city, and he mm-hmm. wanted to continue that. And that's why he was so shaken when he found out his daughter might have, his father might have fell a little dirty, you know? Almost called him his daughter. You did, actually. <laughs> I mean, that that would have just been naive as all hell of Bruce Wayne, which is, look, and you would think in terms of like a father-son relationship that there would at least be that substitute with Batman and Alfred. And I just didn't see it. Like he... It, I liked parts of this movie, and see, I and I do like the fact that they focus on an original take I, of this Batman. But wait, to, to your point about the Alfred father substitution thing, right, Rico? I I like that they. To your point, they what you just said. They took that in a different direction. You 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 want what's more traditionally that you know as soon as Batman or not Batman, but as soon as Bruce loses. his thomas that alfred kind of immediately becomes that that figure and i feel like in this one after what happens with the riddler blowing up alfred inadvertently when trying to take take out bruce that's that moment like when he realized oh shit i could have almost lost him too that's because that i honestly that's what that hand-holding sequence in the hospital i think to me symbolized that that was that moment for Bruce, and I think you know, you you said we're getting a sequel, but even if we if they weren't, that would be I think continued in that next version or the next iteration of this story. I think you're going to see a very different dynamic in the next one, not because of any kind of fan pushback, but be directly because of that moment and that scene. You know, it just I guess as a film goer, it just felt not fully developed and and that's kind of how i feel for this batman on a whole because like i didn't even realize what my biggest problem was until steph mentioned it because steph watched it with me and she said this movie feels like it's setting itself up for a prequel like this she's like we i feel like i just watched the second movie of a trilogy but neither the prequel or the sequel has been made And I said, I know, right? Because this feels like, like, do we necessarily have to see Thomas and his mother's name, whose name fucking, you know, I've completely forgotten for some reason. Um, uh, Do we need to see them get gunned down again, whether it's the Riddler or Joker or fucking Joe Chill? No, we've seen it enough. Leave the Waynes alone, but at least acknowledge that. I don't know, you basically take this movie and combine it with elements of Batman Begins. We don't have to show him with Ra's al Ghul. He could be, you know, 17 years old and training with Alfred. Just give us a little fucking Rocky Four montage or something. 
you know, I felt like there was so much missing. I swear to God, they, they said f- that the, they said that the heart's on fire and I'm out. That's all I'm saying. They said that montage, the heart's on fire and I'm out. That's it. I, I, I agree. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm joking, but it would have been nice to see at least a flashback, especially the relationship with him and Alfred. You basically Michael, what, do you, want- what, what do you think? Well, I think that it could go either way. I think that they could stick with this different uh, style of delivery and maybe never really give us much of the past. But my main thought when you keep bringing this up is that they took a ballsy ass risk. If that is in fact where they were headed with it as, you know, giving us information in the next movie, because like think about justice league, like they planned out a trilogy for that and it fucking tanked. You know, it's like if, people didn't love this movie, then all that setup was for fucking nothing. And especially for someone like me, like since I didn't particularly like it, maybe once I see what fills in the gaps, I'll go back and rewatch this and be like, holy shit, this was actually a masterpiece. But that's like, that's millions of dollars of fucking risk they're putting out there, hoping that they could get far enough to fill it in. You know, I agree. I, I I mean I I love that we weren't forced through the origin story again. Much like I've said to you about the the Tom Holland Spider Man movies, Rico. Like I was so glad we didn't get the Uncle Ben dies and with great power comes great responsibility. And we kind of ended up getting it in a way home, which you know I kind of had a problem with. Um, you didn't kind of have a problem. You fucking had a serious problem with that. You were so upset. That that was the thing. I just, I mean, and having watched it again, it doesn't irk me as much as it did on the first viewing. But I, I kind of wish it didn't have to be, you know. So I, I agree, but I, I also am trying to acknowledge that there is a new generation of people who may not have seen Batman '89 or fucking, you know, Batman Begins. But, there is that to, generation. To Michael's point, you, he was talking within the in, in the story world, but in the real right. world, Batman is well enough known that if you don't fucking know the origin story by now or know somebody who can fill you in in thirty goddamn seconds, you. I mean, well, I think that it makes sense that we would skim over that. It's been done a million times. Yeah, sure. But you like the rise to power. You know, not necessarily the origin of why everything happened, but the rise to power part should not be skipped. Like, that is a lot of fans' favorite part of these things, you know? Watching this guy go from, you know, a nobody to suddenly kicking some asses and having that first awesome fight scene where it's like, holy shit, he's actually a badass. Even that stupid fucking show, Iron Fist, I like the first episode of that fucking show because of his rise to power. You know what I, I mean? I agree. Everyone's like, look at this fucking stupid homeless motherfucker. And it's like, oh, shit, he can punch a fucking steel door off its hinges. Like, that's awesome. I agree. You know, if you start in the middle of it, it's just like, I don't know. You're just skimming over the the most exhilarating part. It, it just feels like it's missing the previously on Batman 1. Like, it just <laughs> it feels like. And, yeah. and I, you know, I was debating. I'm like, would this have been a better show where it was just stretched out and and they had that origin thing and i'm like yeah actually would it be okay with a live action batman show and they're gonna make a fucking show of Gotham the penguins Nights. rise to power why can't they do the same fucking thing with batman like it's i don't know man 
it just felt, I, yeah, it felt like this was the second chapter, and they just wanted us to assume what the first chapter was. Well, I still we like. We don't need Kitty Batman. We don't need little Bruce Wayne going no. through his stuff and dressing up in a in a ski mask and going to beating up his first bad guy. We don't need that, but we need something before it's just established that he's a badass. Yeah, like, we don't show need. Us, we, show us his first badass fight. We don't need you know? Batman Homecoming. We just need. <laughs> We need Batman, yeah, I mean, just having some, or even just a, a conversation, you know, uh, with Alfred or something. I mean, they kind of say, like, oh, I taught you how to fight. It's like, well, are you going to show us that? Because that'd be fucking cool as shit to see, like, Andy Serkis beat the fuck out of a teenager and be like, come on, you know, stop trying to hit me and hit me, you know, pull a <laughs> Matrix line, something, you know, or whacking him in the face with his cane and be like, you know, dodge this. I don't know why I'm going back to the Matrix, but, like. Yeah, you got to <laughs> But at least, like, at least the Matrix had a great fucking origin story where it showed the motherfucker learning how to fight. If they if they showed the Matrix where it just showed Neo knowing how to fly and bend bullets, you would fucking be like, fuck this movie. This is bullshit. How do you learn how to do this crap? That's the, all we're saying. Yeah, but that, but but that, you, you want to be able to picture yourself in that scenario. Imagine yourself, the, that little boy watching this in the fucking theater or whoever it's just like that's what gets you so excited you're like oh like what if i was like that that's just me imagining myself (laughs) in this scenario i guess i would be the penguin (laughs) so so let me let me throw this this out there because yes i first and foremost i understand the purpose of making movies is to to not only to entertain but more so to make money right you're gonna put all this money out especially on a movie like this you you need to make all the monies back or it's it's a waste i get i i get all that right you need that wayne money make it right. wayne <laughs> but but what i yeah he did that i know michael i i yeah do you see what i deal with um every day i'm sure <laughs> um but what i what i kind of liked about this and i think it's one of the reasons why it's so high on the list for me is this one to me was Okay, this one's for the Batman fans, right? You don't no, I mean like the other ones are okay for Batman fans but also for the casual person like, "Oh, what's that?" You know, this is for the people who know the character, know the background, know the story. They put their own little twists on a few different things throughout the film and that's fine, but as a whole you know, to your point about the the, the the backstory and all that, you don't need it. If you're a fan like we are, you know. You go in there, you know he's a badass, so you don't need that first fight. I get your point, Michael, so I'm certainly not saying you're wrong, but I'm saying for this film, I like that they finally just said, this one's for the fans. The fans. You know what I mean? And th- that's that's how I kind of view it. And, and I really like that about it, you know? So, yeah, because most of the time you have to play to the masses, and I get that. Like I, like I do genuinely get that. But it's I'll nice. Like every, League. Yeah, and but I like every once in a while you just go fuck it. Here's one for the diehards, you know, and you hope there's enough of them that you can make all those monies. And it seems like they did. I mean, I haven't looked at the numbers, but I, I as far as I know, they did very well. So. You Man, know. if that was for the fans, they could have done way better than that. I'm not. I'm not well, saying. Uh, you want to talk a movie for the fans? That's more like like Logan or something. Like that's when we're like standing out of our seats, like screaming, like yeah. <laughs> well, 
I fell asleep during this fucking movie. I wasn't standing up screaming. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, it's, but... it's true. Michael was shifting in his seat the whole time. Not like I'm fucking in. It's more of like my ass is not. Is something going to happen? Yeah, but to yeah. be fair, from from what Rico tells us, you, you do that a lot more frequently these days just because you're overworked. But that's a whole different conversation. Okay. But it happened like five times instead of once. <laughs> <laughs> that's also my point. It's like Avengers Endgame... I, w- I knew it was a three-hour movie, but when I walked out of there, I'm like, dude, I-, I could go for another half hour. Like, I was fucking in. And same oh, with Infinity War. For this film, I was like, oh, God, this feels like three hours. This, no, I could have. This... I could have. I, I was I was in. I was good. Like, you could have. Well, you were in, but you did you pause it at your, because you watched it at home. I did. Yeah. Did you did you pause it and take breaks and all no, that shit? Or you... no, the first okay. no, I had on subsequent viewings because I'm like Michael. I think right. I'm like third one in at this point. But and if if I did it all, Rico, I'm gonna say no. But if I did it all, it was because Deb asked me a quick question or I had to take a quick pee. Like it wasn't because okay. I need I was you know bored with it or something wasn't grabbing me. Like I I put my phone on didn't do not disturb. And there's a handful of there's a handful of people that can break through that. They're like you can on the iPhones you can like designate like this person can break through the do not disturb. You're one of them. Deb's one of them. My mom, a couple people, yeah. And I didn't know I was one of them. I'm, I'm, yeah. I feel honored. I, yeah. I so you know cool. y- you know. But as a whole, like I I I made sure to be able to be all in on this, and I was, and it, it there was a lot like you know I. There were things I thought about, and at first I had problems with, like, to Michael's point with the scene in the subway. I didn't have a problem with the, the, the scene itself, but I was like, when you hear him, you hear him walking in. And, and to me, Batman's always a bit of a ninja, so you shouldn't hear him walking in. But then it occurred to me that, like, I almost feel like it almost might even be a sound effect. It's not even actually the sound his boots make, but like it's it's like an intimidation tool that he has that you know what I mean? Like it could be something like that, you know. But Well that was the whole point is that he's trying to extend himself through his story. Sure. So he's is he's trying to instill the fear in them. Yeah, that no, makes sense. Yeah. But there's also that that aspect of Batman, the character, where he is supposed to be very like stealth like, and like one minute he's not there, and then oh shit, I'm about to get my ass kicked, you know? So, well, he does yeah. that. The, but the only stealth with only kicks in when he's uh, handling the higher villains. True. What was that? Or, or, or when he's like talking to Gordon, and Gordon looks away, and then the fucking ninja comes out, where he just like disappears. He does that. You know, so. He does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, when when that that scene happened where he like walks through the stairs or tunnel or whatever it is, I was immediately reminded of Inglorious Bastards when Eli Roth is like banging his fucking bat to go bludgeon the. You know what I'm talking about, Michael? That when he bludgeons the dude with a baseball bat. I'd have to see it again. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Which movie? The, in Inglorious Bastards, the Bear Jew when they. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I just yeah, yeah. Of course. When yeah, they they're... fucking, it, it, it reminded me of the same thing. It was like this: you hear clang, clang, and it yeah. just gets louder and louder. I was like, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, okay. So Matt Reeves is copying Tarantino and David Fincher because this oh, it was a lot definitely... scarier in that scene too. Because the guy when he comes out was a lot smaller than you pictured him. Okay, like, well, oh, he bears you, and he walks out. He's like five foot four, and you're like, oh, 
It, 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 okay, Michael, so you're 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 everybody's short to you. I'm pretty sure Eli Roth is actually like six two. Bullshit. He looks hella um, small in that scene. Well, and 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 but to your point of Tarant, I'm glad you brought up Tarantino, uh, Rico, uh, because. Can we talk about how the gimp escaped Zed's basement and ended up in in Gotham killing motherfuckers? Because that's what the Riddler looked like. He looked like the gimp escaped Zed's basement. <laughs> this is definitely not at all what I imagined the Riddler to fucking look like. Like, on one hand, I'm like, all right, cool. They based it on the Zodiac. That's pretty fucking cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I agree. But the fucking outfit is... Like, I understand he's also a poor motherfucker. He doesn't have time to, like, make a fucking Riddler suit, you know? Or, and, you know but... and to be clear to the audience, I didn't need Jim Carrey. Like, I didn't need fucking no. green spandex with question marks all over it and dye red hair. Like, I didn't need that either. But I, I don't like, know. Like, on a, Yeah. On I a mean, functionality, th- his suit makes sense. But, uh, uh, like, looking at it, you're like, uh, okay. It's, a, it's the same problem I had with Bane. In in Dark Knight Rises, like I I felt like you know, I mean Bane needs to have the mask because that's what the character has. I get that, but but that's why I don't think Bane makes a good visual character when you're dealing with like live action, right? Because you know, well the, the I, I mean Tom Hardy did a fucking... great job, but that's not you know I don't know. Yeah, but the alternative is the fucking like. Lucha Libre fucking mask. That's like, why I'm saying I don't think... Better? No, no, that's why I'm saying I don't think Bane should be a live-action villain. Like, Bane's not one... He's good in animation because you can be much more expressive with... A, because you can mold the mask to be, like, facial expression. So, I mean, you could almost do what they did with Deadpool, you know, in terms of the facial, yeah. if you really wanted. Um, <laughs> Deadpool's definitely... You know, I, I'm really disappointed you didn't have some, like, whale singing queued up. When he started making fun of the Riddler, so it sounded like he's crying in the background. <laughs> Dude. Uh, all, all, all that stuff gets put into post. We do that in post. It's, yeah. Um, just, just the just the I Michael and I when we saw it, we were like, when he. I mean, we're skipping ahead to the fucking end, but when he like belts out Ave Maria, Michael and I just looked at each other like. What the serious fuck? Every <laughs> like I've seen people like talk about how they were stunned in the audience, and the whole the whole theater was silent when that happened. Not ours. Our whole theater was laughing fucking hysterically. I mean, it's probably Oakland, and they're just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like well, what are these white people singing. <laughs> <laughs> but what what what's your problem specifically with the Ave Maria? I mean, like, real? I mean, came, I know. It, it was intended to be creepy and unsettling, and it just came off really stupid. So, is, look, is is your problem the use of the song or his singing of it? I'm just curious. I'm trying to sort this out for myself. Both. See, uh, I, it, it, I, I, because on a subsequent watch, I was paying attention, and I think the orphanage he was in was religious based. Okay. So, Ave Maria is a song he probably would have heard fairly regularly true but it's so, not like, something that would successfully taunt batman like no 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 no. but see that's it it, it wasn't th- th- there's the disconnect because to me the uh, the ave maria where it's used and i'm not just talking that scene i'm talking throughout the film right it's not to taunt batman it and even when he sings it i still don't think it's meant to taunt him it, it it's 
it's when he knows he gets to the next level of his plan. Like, every time he's killed somebody, that music starts to play in the background. Even if there's no words, if you really listen, the, right. tone, the tone starts playing. And so... It's it's what he I, and it's I envision it's what he's hearing in his head as he's killing or taping bombs to necks or you know whatever. So when he realizes his plan to blow up the walls, which that you know I have a huge fucking problem with, but when he realizes that plan is going to happen because the Batman didn't figure it out in time. It was his way of... So I guess in a way it was to taunt him, but it wasn't in a way that Batman's going to understand it. It was his... It was almost his victory lap. It was for himself more than it was for the Batman. It was, I did it again. I got away with this next piece of the plan. That's how I interpreted all that. I mean, that's a fair... That's fair. Um, That's a generous interpretation. I think it just seems like a forced way to make him seem batshit insane. And also, if he's that obsessed with the song, why can't he pronounce the words properly? Why is he saying them like they were written in English? What do you mean? I, what do you mean? He, he sings that song with no accent. Like He doesn't pronounce the words like they're pronounced in the proper language. His like Latin he, is not great. His Latin is trash. He's speaking it like... I don't know. If he knows the song so well, you'd think that he would know how to pronounce the words. Well, just because just because you know the song doesn't mean you're good at singing it. I can list off a handful of singers. Oh, I, I didn't say his voice wasn't beautiful. I said he wasn't pronouncing <laughs> words properly. <laughs> to me, look, I will say I'm a I'm a big fan of Paul Dano. I I when it was announced he was going to play the Riddler, I was fucking in, and I and even him in this movie at at no I really never said, oh, he was an awful Riddler. I just felt like there were scenes where he came off very, very right, overacty, like to the point where I'm like, he could have toned it down and still been just as menacing, and and his voice is fine. He played fucking um, the dude from the Beach Boys. He was in a movie about the Beach Boys, and he did a great fucking, you know, he sings great. Uh, so it's not his voice. It was just a the, weird. The head voice. wiggling killed me a little bit. He's like every time he's talking, he's like, <laughs> "Well, that's him fucking going nuts." I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. You know, he's he's like, "I I'm a schizo bobblehead." No, he, like, he can't right. stop. <laughs> <laughs> I um I uh my my favorite incarnation of the Riddler to this point in any medium has got to be the one in the Arkham series, and I wish he'd played him a little closer to that. Honestly, like that would have been perfect for me if he played closer to that incarnation of of the character, at least sim- more similar to that. Because because Carrie, while fun, is too close to Batman sixty six, you know. And and if you're He's gonna too ha- close to Jim Carrey, well, that's the thing. And if you, but it's yeah. also very close to sixty six. I mean, that Riddler's right. not very yeah. different. And if that's what Schumacher was going for, then you cast the perfect motherfucker to do it for real. True. But true. But at the same time, if you're going to go again to my point about the overall, you know, going for the fans, they missed the mark on the Riddler by far. And they really could have done that much better. So and I don't blame Dano just to just to be clear. Like, I don't I don't it's not Paul Dano's performance. It's the way the character is written, you know, so the the mask doesn't help. And and also I read like Paul Dano, like 
he like wrapped his own head in like saran wrap because in his mind he's thinking like the Riddler would like do everything to not leave like oh it's a countermeasure yeah it was, it was absolutely countermeasures and I thought that part was a, a smart move but it it also took away from the character so yeah but he all but like he didn't even discuss it with like Matt Reeves he just like did it. And, like, had the costume department, like, put on his costume and shit. And they're like, why is there saran wrap around your head? He's just like, trust me, I'm an actor. I know what I'm doing. And, like, he basically gave himself severe headaches because of, like, all the sweat buildup. And, like, he overheated himself. And he just kept doing it. I'm like, you know, there are easier ways to act, like acting. You don't have to fucking put yourself in, like, medical issues. No, but <laughs> just visually. Just act. But visually, it played. Like, I noticed. I remember the first I time I saw it. it. I did. I noticed it. And. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. So, it's, but it it took. I mean, I noticed it, but it took me two, three fucking viewings. I'm like, oh yeah, there is some fucking. Oh like, no, I, I caught it. I caught it the first time he's killing the mayor. I saw it. I didn't quite figure out till later in the movie why he did it, but I noticed it right when he killed the mayor the first time. You, I saw okay, it. Okay, well, so, yeah. But what do you guys think about the theme song in this movie? I wouldn't call it the but, theme song. If it's what I think you're talking okay. about, not, but... not not the Nirvana. Oh, okay, okay. Thing. The 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 Batman's theme song, like the. the they remind me of the Imperial March. I think it is garbage compared to the Nolan ones. Oh, it's, the it, Nolan... it 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 is the weakest of any of them. Even even Keaton Schumacher, like yeah. you know, it is by far the weakest of of those. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you, Michael. I can't. Elfman, Elfman is the best. Hans Zimmer is the second, and then like this would be like maybe. Four. I feel like uh, like Trump could have done this one. Just Bing, 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 <laughs> Bing. <laughs> I mean, look, the the theme grew on me, but like I remember, I'm like, no, no, it was terrible. It, it wasn't God. terrible. But look, I mean, Michael Giacchino cannot. He can't just copy Danny Elfman or Hans Zimmer. He's got to no, make his own no. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, it it, rem, it just reminded me of the Imperial March, honestly. Like it sounded like he was copying the Imperial March, and he changed just enough so that John Williams doesn't sue his ass. <laughs> well, so what are you talking about? How's that making it his own then? Well, I mean, there's only so many fucking things a composer can do. How many fucking like? Well, he could compose for starters. <laughs> Look, no, I, I Michael Giacchino is actually pretty <laughs> fucking good as a composer. I have to defend Michael Giacchino. I yeah, he's, I, he's I, our I generation's too. fucking John Williams. I'm, he, I mean, he's, he's going to be. Yeah, he's really, he's really good. So I have to agree. But with I also you. have not listened to the Batman, this Batman theme, isolated. I've always had to watch it in the movie, so. Maybe I should just listen to it, and then I can have a real fucking opinion. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to listen to the whole thing, see if there's any kind of depth to it. Because it sounds like they're just using, like, the end of it, like, the last five seconds of it every time. Like, it's just like... Well, CJ, how about we, how about we pause for a second, let's listen to the theme, and then we can have an actual opinion. Okay. So, okay, we just heard it. I have thoughts, but I since you guys are the ones that brought it up, uh, Michael, I'll let you go first here. So... All right, so I think that it's it's actually pretty well done. I think maybe since it's such a slow piece that they focused on that one part so much for like the action scenes. Yeah, you know, like the other movies, I feel like it's more it was more fast paced, and it's like it was just a better use, and it's like 
if they use the better orchestrated parts of that song, they're more just like mellow and dramatic. They're not so good for these action scenes, which is why we're just getting that first 15, 20 seconds of that piece in almost every scene of the movie. And it was so repetitive to me. Yeah. You know, because when I hear like the, the middle part and all the instruments working together, like that's actually really well composed. I actually, I, I would actually, my memory of it in the movie is just duh, duh, duh. Uh, just over and over and over and over. Which, which I would argue is actually not the first fifteen seconds, but actually, because to me, to me, it was written in. It seemed it's one theme, but it feels like it's two pieces. Like there's a, to your point, uh, Michael, about the first part, and I think the part you're referring to is actually the beginning of the second half of it. Um, one of the things Michael Giacchino does in general, because I'm, I'm a huge fan, and I'm not saying you guys aren't, but I'm a huge fan, is that when he takes over another franchise, because he's done this with Spider-Man and also Star Trek, He to, my, to Rico's point, he can't just do the same theme. That's not going to work. But what he does try to do is do homages to it in some way. So that's why I think the first half is very cello-heavy. And there's even... I would argue maybe some of the same note sequences in there, but not enough that, you know, Elfman's going to go, hey, he ripped me the fuck off. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I, 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 I liked it quite a bit, but I get the point you're making, especially if they're only using that one section. Michael, I do agree. I can't disagree with that, but yeah. Well, I actually didn't, because like Michael, I think, I think the theme just got kind of drowned out throughout the film like sure. meaning you just could barely hear it and it's a beautiful theme but now i'm like picking up elements it just it the bam 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 it it, it seems very reminiscent of like vader's theme in I like star that too. wars and yeah shit. i mean and it sounds a little bit like it's got a little bit of like ave maria which would fit with the film like the kind of throw-in classical fucking operatic strings into sure, it sure and then I, I it weirdly enough it did make me think of like elfman's scores but not specifically for batman but it may it reminded me of spider-man well just just a hint of it but because I, I, I heard i heard a little bit of the same note pattern structure as the elfman batman and right. and even a little bit of the one from uh nolan zimmer i think Zimmer, yeah. Yeah. So I heard a little bit of that in there too, but I don't think he was ripping it off. I think he, like I said, I think he, at worst, he was trying to pay homage to those two iconic, to your point, Michael, those two iconic ones that we'd heard uh, in previous incarnations of the, the character. So I, I liked it, although I have to agree in that, uh, Rico, I think you and I even spoke after my first viewing, and, and you, I think you said to me, what did you think of the theme? And I was like, there was a theme? I think I even yeah. said that to you because I, I, it just to your point, it's so lost under everything going on. You, you don't really notice that it's there. It's not in your face like Elfman and Zimmer. You know, yeah. Elfman for sure. His score is it soars. It has that. Oh, it's low iconic. Fucking, yeah, yeah. It's, it's moody in the beginning, and then it's and then you get that bah, 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 dah, dah, like it really wants to little bitch yeah. slap you in the face and say this is batman motherfuckers <laughs> it's the dark superman theme right yeah whereas this was just very kind of like i'm going to show you the teen like the teenage angst nirvana batman theme which is not a bad thing if that's what you're aiming for like this theme wouldn't have worked with like adam west like oh, not no. at all no no, this but, theme wouldn't even have worked with like Clooney or Kilmer or no. or even Affleck. And to be fair, 
I don't even think there was a theme for Batfleck. Like, no, I don't, not I, really. No, well, no, they used the Zimmer. They used the Zimmer. Or no, not Br- Zimmer. Um, briefly, they in, used they Elfman. They used the Elfman yeah, briefly yeah. in the Justice League, but not. He he really didn't have I his own theme. Think it appeared in Batman v Superman as well, but again, it was the 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 Williams one, not the not a new a new construction, a new piece. So. Right. The, the theme song for fucking Batman v Superman was Snyder jizzing in a cup and all the fans freaking out. That's what his theme song was. Just, <laughs> just for, for, for the entirety of the fucking movie. All right. Fair enough. No, and the most uh, iconic theme from that movie, not to get on a whole tangent was obviously Wonder Woman's Wonder Woman. That, that Wonder Woman music kicks in and everyone's like, Oh shit. <laughs> you know? so. But then Snyder dropped it. From his Snyder cut, which I thought was a big mistake. The the fucking Hans Zimmer, like I was like, that is a fuck, that's an iconic superhero theme. It is. Yeah. That's way more entertaining than the Batman fucking theme we just listened to. Staying on the music thing for just a minute though, um, despite the fact that the Bruce may not be uh right or, or or a little too um you know, lost loner kid whatever you want to call it um the inclusion of something in the way i absolutely loved i i i it's actually one of my favorite nirvana songs and it's a lesser known one unless you i mean they did perform it on the unplugged which did bring it to a little more prominence but before that for sure nobody fucking knew that unless you own the album and really listened to it because it's like the last song on that album so you know I mean, I am I am definitely intrigued of any movie that has a inspiration for a character and it seems completely out of left field. I I will respect an actor or or a filmmaker's decision to go weird if it works and modeling Bruce or Batman. They're one of the same in this context uh, after kind of Kurt Cobain and having that kind of Cobain ish nirvana ish feel in the background i didn't hate it and and i i do like nirvana i don't love nirvana i'm the same as you yeah yeah i'm I'm with you i love that song though i'm not the biggest nirvana fan as a whole but that song is one i really enjoy michael you and i are more uh on the same page musically speaking for the most part i'd love to hear your thought on this well, that that song, uh, uh, their interpretation of that song in that movie, I think, was done really well. I, I it it brings out some emotion. It really, you know, brings you into the setting that they're trying to portray. Um, which brings me to my conflict with their theme song, which is like, why do we need these two slow, dark, brooding songs when the Nirvana uh, yeah. really did the did the job there so well so why couldn't we get that orchestrated part to be more intense and like get your blood boiling like well, the and, other composers did and and i don't disagree i know absolutely and i don't disagree with that logic the only thing i can maybe say to at least quasi justify it is that this and i've said this to you rico but uh this was very film noir the whole film mm-hmm. is very film noir and it's actually something that I find really appealing about it because I feel like, again, if you if you if you're a 
fan of the character and you read the books and you're familiar with the character, not just from the movies, but you really know Batman, he's constantly talking to himself. But in a comic book, you can portray that with thought bubbles or just like a box above his head that's not really a thought bubble to say that like he's having this inner monologue with himself or even an inner dialogue, if, if nothing else, with himself. And it, I've heard other filmmakers say it's very hard to portray that in film, on, on live action. And Matt Reeves found a way to pull that off by doing it as a noir. I think I think you got the closest thing to that that Batman thought process, especially in the beginning. And they seemed to get away from that a little by the end, which was a little disappointing. Um, but it, it, it wasn't enough to take me out of the film. But I wish that it had carried through a little better because in the beginning it's very heavy. And by the end it's, it's less so. Um, Especially like in that scene when he goes back to Riddler's apartment after he talks to him at Arkham, that would have been a great opportunity to kind of really utilize that that uh, tool again, and they they didn't. But that's okay. I mean, it wasn't enough to destroy it. But yeah, I I, I love I that agree. aspect. One of the things that I had been critical of previous Batman movies in the past was the lack of detective work because he his his other lesser known moniker is the world's greatest detective. Mm-hmm. And when Michael and I left the theater. I was f- I was fucking gushing about how much I love that it was a detective story. Michael was still being like, "Well, what the fuck happened in that fucking movie?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but dude, he was a detective." And he's like, "And tell me what happened in that movie. I don't know what the fuck happened." And I was like, "Yeah, but he was he was a fucking detective," which I I really thoroughly enjoyed. I I enjoyed the the Sam Spade element mm-hmm. to Batman for the first time because we yeah. got a little bit of that with Bale. But just a very small amount. Yeah, it was, it was, like it was in, Dark Knight in in like a couple scenes, and that was it, really. Yeah, that was it. it. Over three films, he did like one detective-y type of thing. Yeah, I, I would I would argue in Batman Begins, you get like one scene, that scene where he's in the the bedroom and he's laying all the shit on the floor, and the bat flies in, like. That yeah, that, I would okay, argue, but but I, I agree with you. I'm just saying that's the yeah. extent of what you get, and that grouping that trilogy so it, this is definitely this is the movie seven with fucking bat ears that's really yeah. what it is yeah yeah because it, this gotham you could may as well just be like well where's brad pitt and fucking morgan freeman well, I mean, even, down, and- even down to the journals because if i recall spacey's character has the journals you know so exactly you know and you might as well have just gave the Riddler's name is John Doe, you know, like at this point. Uh, so I did enjoy the fact that this was a, basically a Fincher film that Fincher really actually, is. Fought, he said he hated it. He fucking said he did not like this movie. Well, and I, I re- and I've re- no, he did. And I read it's because it, I might be, thing- I might be confusing with like another Gotham-esque movie. No, he, he said that about this too. He, he doesn't like, oh no, he said that about, I think I read that up because I re- I follow Fincher even if I don't know the movies he's always talking about. And he did say that about Joker, but I think he also said that about this, okay. um, uh, because he doesn't like when people copy other filmmaker styles. Which I'm like, okay, no, no, slow. Tarantino said that. But I've Tarantino heard, Fincher okay, said well, it too. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying Tarantino hasn't said it, but he he has also said it. But I, but I think the balls on Tarantino to say, oh, so this is what we're doing. We're, you know, filmmakers are just copying filmmakers. I'm like, 
what have you been doing your entire career? <laughs> right, yeah. All right. you've been doing is stealing from Scorsese, you fuck. Yeah, yeah. You are um, one to talk, Quentin. <laughs> Michael, thoughts, or should we just move on? Uh, she lost me about, like, three subjects ago. Okay. Uh, I, was <laughs> to, I was thinking, um, well... Yeah. It took me until probably the second time I watched it through to really appreciate Rico's point about the detective aspect of it. And it's it's like once you realize that it's right in your face, like, of course, that's why they chose Riddler, because it just like gives you the perfect perspective there. True. I mean, he was almost too good at it. You know, the Riddler would throw out uh, one of his little riddles and I'd be sitting there trying to think about it. And the and Batman's already saying the answer while I'm processing what the question was, you know, right, it's like, right. He's almost too smart in that area. <laughs> that, that, what we don't see is Batman just like writing the crossword puzzle like an in ink. Like he just knows this shit. Right. <laughs> Batman is like the expert at charades. Batman knows every fucking useless trivia. I mean, there's but a lot of those good moments. He didn't moment. get the fucking carpet tool, though. Fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> even, even I knew that. Like, I was like, there's probably something under the carpet. I, I don't think that I noticed. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I don't think I noticed the carpet until he goes back. And then when he goes back, obviously, because that's the point of going back. But, you know, I don't think I noticed the carpet. I, when I didn't know there. the Riddler had a carpet, but I the tool that he used to no, kill that, the fucking... No, yeah, yeah, that I knew, too. That I was I like, that's a carpet fucking thing. I know, no, I know what that is. Yeah, I, I knew that, too. But I'm saying, I guess I didn't, you know, like the same point that, okay, Batman knew what the tool was, but he didn't put the correlation that it ties back to the flooring in, in Riddler's apartment right away, you know, so. Alright, so let's let's move on to, like, some of the other members. Well, let's talk about the cast. Let's talk sure. about fucking Battinson, because I thought he was, I, know, I thought he was good. I mean... Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but when it was announced, I was one of the, it seems, like, few that I was like, I'm disappointed it's not Batman, but I think this is going to be okay. You're like, disappointed I it wasn't I, Batman? It wasn't Batfleck. I meant oh, to okay. say. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 sorry. Um, I I was I was not one of those people that was like, oh, it's Twilight, bitch. Like, I was not that. Because I had seen some of Pattinson's other films. And sure. I'm like, the motherfucker can act. Like, I don't think he's got the jawline for Batman, but he can act. Michael? Uh, I mean... I've kind of erased Twilight. He's more of a Cedric to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and so it's interesting you brought that up because that's kind of where I was at, right? Like, I hadn't really watched Twilight because I had no desire, and I still don't. And I haven't, but I I had heard I enough and seen some scenes just because, you know, you walk through a room or whatever, you're flipping channels, whatever the case may be. Um, and... And I had my reservations, but I think I had right around the time Rico either rewatched or for the first time watched Goblet of Fire. I think we were prepping for the Harry Potter episodes at the time when we did those. Uh And I, I remember thinking I was kind of like in the mid. I was in the middle of like the outrage and where you were. I think I was like, all right, I'm I'm hesitant because of Twilight. But he, to Michael's point, he was good there in in Harry Potter. Let me and let's see, because I remember people, and I think I said this to you on an episode. I forget which one, but I remember people lost their shit when Affleck was announced. Like this is going to be terrible, and then yeah. they they saw it and they all wanted to blow him. So like it's you yeah. know it, it, you got to give it a chance to come out on screen and see it. 
my honest to God opinion is he wasn't a great Bruce Wayne. I don't know if that's a product of him or a product of the writing or what. So I'm not going to put that all on him. But it, he wasn't a great Bruce Wayne, but he, I thought he was a fantastic Batman. I really did. I, I thought he was pretty good. I mean, he, he wasn't as maybe smooth in the fighting as some of the other ones we've seen. But he made up for it with the detective work and that brooding darkness that you need. And I also like that while he did change his voice slightly, it wasn't the Christian Bale exaggerated. Like, I thought it he did a nice... It wasn't Cookie Monster. No, I think he did a really nice job of that mixture. Uh, even better even better than Bale did in the first one, because you and I both agree in Batman Begins, Bale did a good job, and then it just went off a cliff. But in that, you know, I still think even Pattinson was better at that than than Bale was. I never had a doubt in his acting skills at all. I, I was more concerned. I didn't think he had the body for it. Yeah. The body or the face or the jawline or any of that shit, you know? But he's a fantastic actor, sure, and he did a good job. He obviously carried that movie. But and, and as far as his Bruce Wayne, I think that's entirely the acting because he's completely capable of pulling that off. Mm-hmm. It was it's a weird one that I saw. With, he was in the lighthouse with the yeah. boat. Dude, that movie's fucking... <laughs> and, and that was one of the things that I had seen because I was like... Okay, I got to prep. I got to watch some Pattinson. I don't want to watch Twilight. I don't want to watch Goblet of Fire because <laughs> Goblet of Fire, the adaptation pisses me off. That was like my favorite of the yeah. books. Um, but he, I saw The Lighthouse and I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but he is acting the shit out of it. And <laughs> I I think I even told you, Michael, I was like, if I don't see Pattinson jerking off as Batman, I'm going to be severely disappointed. <laughs> because. Well- in the lighthouse, he is furiously jerking off in at least two or three scenes. <laughs> like the first like two minutes of that movie, like the foe's just like sharding in his pants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's it's a and and I like I don't know if this was legitimate, but like and I think Pattinson was trolling the fucking Batman fans because he was saying a bunch of shit like, "Oh, I'm not going to work out. Like I'm going to let the suit be." Like my muscle. I remember that. And all, I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. And all the Batman fans are like, "Oh, he's a lazy piece of shit." Fuck Pattinson. And then he even said, "Oh yeah, well the Batman voice I'm going to use, I actually based it on Willem Dafoe because I thought Willem Dafoe had a great voice." And I'm like, "That's who Batman should sound like." And I was like, "That sounds awful." Like, like, like the Green Goblin as the voice of Batman. I was like, "That doesn't sound good." At all, but and that's uh, and not then it what turns we... out he was just fucking with us. Yeah, it's not what we got. So yeah, no. Um, I agree about the 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 Bruce Wayne. I still at no point did we ever see any change, even when he was at the funeral. It would have been nice to him be charming Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. even if he went kind of socialite, you know, a la kind of Christian Bale. Like you know, at least that because that was my criticism of Christian Bale is like he came off to kind of Kardashian esque. Which is whatever. It's it's a decision. Um, but see, the the thing about that, and not to get into a whole discussion about that franchise, is, is that that was by design to almost throw people off. It wasn't who he really, you know. That was a that was a sure, you know. So that made sense to me in a way of like trying to push people away. So I kind of got that. Yeah, it made sense for the sake of that trilogy. And I, and I'm not saying that's a bad decision. It's just, to me, it's not the Bruce Wayne that I would want to see, but you know, every, every Batman fan has their own version of Batman. Every star Wars fan has their own version of star Wars and so on and so forth. So 
yes, I got my detective movie, but I was like, it would have been nice for like maybe one more badass fight scene. Like just one more, you know? Yeah. I mean, you, you get the one at the, in the, the rafters at the arena towards the end there, but which was pretty good, but yeah, it, Pound for pound, it still is not the warehouse scene in Batman v Superman. I still think that's no. the best Batman fight scene, cinema-wise. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's up there. I, I, It's not a technically a Batman scene, but I do like when he fights all the guys in the prison in Thailand or wherever the hell he is at the beginning of Batman Begins. Um, oh, before, yeah. Okay. Before he meets okay. Roz for the first time. Um, that That's another really good fight scene in my my opinion, but yeah. Uh, okay, so how about uh, the penguin in the room? Can we fucking talk about how Colin Farrell is easily my favorite part of this whole fucking movie? Just for the fact that it was Colin Farrell playing the penguin, I loved it. It was oh. it was mind blowing how good he was and how at very little points did you see it was Colin Farrell? Yeah, it was just I, doing yeah. his tradi- It was just doing a De Niro fucking Dago Goomba fucking impression. I fucking totally dug it, dude. I have to. I, I went full on stereotypical WAP, and I was like, he played a, a fucking mafiosi. I love it. Well, I mean, one of the things I liked about it, they, they, they shied away from something that's been a trend lately. Um, much like with Mortal Kombat, Kano, the character, has been uh, basically become Australian no matter what. Like, uh, almost every incarnation, he's now kind of got an Australian thing going and they've been doing the same thing with Penguin giving him like an Australian or or at least like a Cockney-ish British accent you know well, in, only in the only in the Arkham games to the best the Ar- of my knowledge no it's also in the Telltale game and it's oh. in uh, one of the animated movies I forget which one but it, one of the animated okay. ones he appears but in not there. live action it's not, it's not it's not been DeVito it's not been the dude from Gotham they've all used their American no, that that's true, but I'm saying they were starting to end. But I think all the ones I'm talking about came out after Gotham sure. the show, so like it was starting to trend that way. And yeah. I'm kind of glad they they went a different direction in light. Like I like Nolan North. It, that's a that's the voice actor who does him in the games, and I think he does a fine job. But what I don't like is when you start pigeonholing the character to have to have this kind of accent, and and Colin Farrell. Easily being British could have thrown that accent into it, and it would have been actually would have been more his natural speaking tone than Irish, know. but yeah, I, but I, well, that UK, that UK, yeah, 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 right, yeah. Right. um, he he could have easily done that, and he didn't. So I, I I I applaud him for that. You know, that's my thought, Michael. I got nothing on this one. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you at least like it, or or were you like he looked ridiculous? Or fuck him, fuck Colin Farrell, fuck him up the ass. I could take it or leave it. Honestly, yeah. like he he definitely had some of the better scenes, and as far as I can tell, he had the only comic relief in the whole movie because he's basically taunted Batman about his voice. But other than that, I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah, he would probably be the comic relief of this film. Which is, I guess, any like it's a yeah. very very serious fucking movie. It's it very is. true. It is. Um, I'm trying to remember the taunting voice thing. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm trying to remember that scene. I don't really remember it myself. I just remember that it happened. You know, what was it about? when he like, was? Was it when he was handcuffed and like it was him? Like it was him giving him shit about like 
not knowing proper Spanish. Is that roughly the same scene? I think I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That. Uh, yeah. And then you know I would agree with you there in terms of the comic relief in that regard. Yeah, for sure. Um, Rico, you're the one that brought it up. Go down the list. Who you uh, got next? Jeffrey Wright as not Commissioner Gordon, but Gordon. Well, Lieutenant Gordon. Lieutenant so, Gordon. Yeah, but we've always he's always been known as Commissioner Gordon. So yeah. Um. Uh, well, I think I think again the the Nolan trilogy um at least expanded that you can have different versions of Gordon and it still be the Gordon character, but not necessarily Commissioner. So, uh, sure. I'm I'm okay with him not being Commissioner at this point. And I you know to to Michael's point from much earlier that if they you know they took a gamble that there's going to be a second one or a trilogy or whatever. And you'll, I think you'll see him arise to that uh, level at some point in either the next one or a third, if there is going to be one. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I I liked him. I actually thought he was one of the highlights of the film. Um, it, it it is actually, in my opinion, the closest to the again the book relationship between Gordon and Batman. Despite the fact he's not commissioner, they tend to work closer together than we've seen in other live action incarnations uh up to this point so i liked it um i know i know i read some stuff about people being upset about them race spending it i don't give a shit i thought jeffrey wright was fine i'm a big fan of him as a whole so it by all means i agree i I I was fine with it you know i think he did a good job but he don't really he doesn't really establish like like the I don't know how to describe it, how like a fan's supposed to feel towards Gordon. Like normally he's just like this, like unbreakable, like, like clean cut, like amazing cop. And it's just like, yeah, I guess he portrays it if you write it down on paper, but it's like, if he had gotten shot in that movie and died, like we would have moved on. He was like forgettable to me, you know, but it's like, and the, you know, in the Nolan films, when he got when we thought he was dead for a moment, like it's like it was fucking crushing, you know? Yeah. And it's just and he was trying to balance this line between like hard ass, but still like with this soft, like carrying face. And it's just like it just didn't feel organic to me at all. I think there's room for evolving. I think he yeah. brought the 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 base of Gordon, but I like I. And I didn't room for a lot of character development because sure. they didn't do any. Huh? <laughs> they did. A, they did. No, they did a lot with Catwoman. There was a lot of character development for Catwoman, which I have to say, I like my ranking was always like Michelle Pfeiffer and then Anne Hathaway. I put Zoe Kravitz like above Anne Hathaway. I still like Michelle Pfeiffer just because nostalgia That's like reasons. The, the one thing that they didn't stray from in this movie is fucking Catman or Catwoman is exactly the fucking same every time I'm selfish. Okay. Now I care about things like, okay. Well, I mean the, the Catwoman from Batman returns is different than this Catwoman. Like she was a secretary. This one was kind of more closer to like the comics where she's kind of implied that she's almost, they both both wanted to cut and run. And then their conscience got the better of them in both movies. In the in the Dark Knight Rises and this one for sure, but the Batman Returns one is different, is what I'm saying. Oh right, okay. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer, she was just like, I was a secretary, I got I got thrown out of a window, and I'm just gonna fuck with Walken, like the entire film, and Keaton. So, um, 
Was it a standalone I, one? Was it uh, Halle Berry? It was Halle Berry. I remember. God. <laughs> we we, we don't talk one? about that one. That one, that, that doesn't exist. That's not but a she, thing. She eats sushi. Yeah, so do I. It doesn't mean I'm a giant pussy. Well. <laughs> yeah, I... I uh, I, I like this version. I felt like this version of Catwoman worked really well for this. What about those fake ass fucking nails she was wearing, like even out of costume? Like they were fucking horrifying. Oh my god! It, it looked like it was effective. At one point, she did scratch a motherfucker in the face pretty well, but I think yeah. I saw like a meme making fun of her and um and Sabretooth from X Men. He's like growing his fingernails out. <laughs> <laughs> the Ray Donovan version? Yeah, 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 the Ray Donovan one, yeah. The Leo Schreiber just like, look at my nails. What are you uh -huh. gonna do? Scratch me? It was probably something like that. It was like it was like it was Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool be like, what are you gonna do? Scratch me to death or some shit like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh John Turturro as Falcone. I, I, can I can I give my Oh opinion? I'm sorry. I I'm sorry. <laughs> I I I mean I I know I'm a guest on the show, but you know. <laughs> uh, okay, move on, my Um, I actually didn't like it. Um, you didn't like her Catwoman. I I didn't. Um, I I that's not anything to do about Zoe Kravitz. I want to stress that very heavily. I thought she did fine. I just didn't like the way the character was utilized. Um, something about her just didn't sit right. I I I I I never found myself really caring what happened to her. To, to Michael's point about Gordon, you know, for him, I, I never really found... If, if she had not survived, I wouldn't have been that upset about it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I hate to say that because it's just not... It, it, it did not... It just didn't ring true to me. You know what I mean? Um, I think... Uh, I, I, I And I it's weird to say this, but I think the, the whole thing with Annika... I think that was her name the her knowing Annika and like calling her a baby and it seemed like they might have even been dating which whatever I don't have a problem with that but it, that would be consistent in the comics sure I was gonna actually bring that up to you I it didn't realize until now that they that she was her girlfriend I think they were yeah they were I think they were in a but yeah. but Selena, I was gonna ask you guys I was embarrassed of my observational skills I was like maybe they know this and I was supposed to know this but it's just like <laughs> It's Cons just not spelled out. I'm still... Oh, sorry. I'm trying to get off no, topic. You're, you're I'm still wondering... Because Rico knew from the beginning about the bat symbol being the fucking... The gun that killed his parents. And I don't fucking remember ever hearing that. And I've seen that movie it's, three it, fucking times now. It, it's not addressed in the film at all. It's some shit Rico read because he researches everything before the movie ever okay. comes out. So, yeah, that's not... Oh, it's, son of a bitch. Yeah, I, I, I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, no, no. You're you're absolutely right. Is not stated in the film, and if you're only paying close attention to what it actually looks like, you don't know. It just like it just looks like metal. The I I you know you bring up an interesting thing that I completely forgot about, Michael. The fact that he's able to like take off the bat symbol off his chest. I was like, that's pretty creative. That, I like it too. Never it's, been done. Yeah, no, I and and I like it because like. It, it's a close, and we'll, I want to get back to Selena, but before I do, like, I did like that, because the Batman always, one of his weapons has always been a Batarang. That's like one of his, everyone knows the Batarang right now. He doesn't throw this thing. We, at no point does he throw it. He uses it more like a knife, but. 
it at least visually looks more like a boomerang than any other quote-unquote batarang that we've seen up to this point on live-action camera. They've all been more like throwing stars or, or ninja stars, which are very effective, especially the bail, the ones in, 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 in the bail, the bail one, those are almost throwing stars. Uh, and at no point, just to be clear for the audience, in case you haven't seen it, at no point in that trilogy did it refer to it as a batarang, but everyone who follows the character, you're like, that's, that's the, the batarang, or that's what it's supposed sure. to represent. This thing looked like a boomerang. And I would be curious in the next one, because as you guys mentioned, they have definitely announced the next one to see if he does throw it and if it does actually arc and and do a thing. I'd be curious to see. Uh, and even if he doesn't, I'm okay with that too. But if he does, I'd be curious to see if that's actually the function that it ends up having. You know? I don't think he would use that specific one based on the fact that it it, it is the melted down gun. Maybe I think not. He would, yeah. Well, it's actually, I think it's something that he would do. It's actually lost. If you notice at the end of this movie, when when you they close up on him when he's carrying the the injured person across the roof of the the garden, the the oh, indent okay. is there. It's gone. So oh. it, you don't know if maybe he recovers it. Getting back to Selena and and Zoe Kravitz, I I just didn't I didn't have a problem with the nails. Michael I actually thought that worked in that I get that they were kind of creepy looking, but it 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 allowed um. Rico will tell you, I like when they do stuff where they don't flat out go, okay, this is a costume. Like with, with, with Michelle Pfeiffer, she specifically finds those things and like puts them on the end of her gloves to represent claws, right? Anne Hathaway doesn't have a claw thing, but and she doesn't have ears either. But when she flips up her goggles, they look like ears, but they're not meant to be ears. And the same right. thing with Selena Kyle in this one. When she puts on her ski mask, it kind of has some points that I think are supposed to represent the ears, even though it never actually says it. I just, she just never got me engaged. I, I don't know why. And it, again, it had nothing to do with her or, you know, just in case anyone's thinking of the fact that they race bent her as well. You know, like I had no problem with that. Um, I actually didn't find myself even giving a shit about her until you find out she's uh, Falcone's daughter. And honestly, I think they could have done away with the whole her knowing Annika portion. Like, you still needed that character, and you could have known, you could have said, oh, well, we work together or something, but then being in a relationship, I don't think you needed. And, and then I don't you think they, they've never specifically said that they were in a relationship. They were definitely roommates. She called her baby. Been... So what? I I I think they were in a relationship. It, it it could have been. It definitely could have been, and it wouldn't have been a leap for the character. The character has been consistently bisexual. Correct. Yep. As as well as she has had a sexual relationship with usually her female roommate, who's also her friend. It doesn't necessarily mean they're a couple, but they're just promiscuous and they like to fuck. Well, okay, and they, fine. They, yeah. You know, and that's what the impression I got from this. And it was look the, the fact that she's Falcone's daughter is not also original. Like that's been a thing off and on in the comics. But, it, off but that for, that's uh, the thing that made me give a shit about the character is when you find out she's got that kind of going for her, yeah. or like or like that's her drive. You know what I mean? Right. That, yeah. Um, I see both of your points. I I thought for this Batman she worked, but I also was a bit surprised that they pushed her in this film as much as 
she was yeah, like this yeah. was not just the batman this was the the catwoman movie as I, well i i would argue this i think in uh, look dark knight rises has a whole bunch of fucking problems i'm not going to get into that list that's what it is but for me, Anne Hathaway as Catwoman was one of the highlights of that film, and I felt like she was underutilized as a whole in that movie, right? Whereas I think in this one, Zoe Kravitz was overutilized. Like, you needed more balance of the of that. You know, I think you could have, you know, honestly, if it, you'd put Anne Hathaway in this movie, it, playing the role exactly she played it, I think it would have fit perfectly, you know? It got to the point where even like the promos for this film, the trailers were like the bat and the cat. Like they were campaigning like the mm. cat woman is in this fucking movie. I'm like, well, oh, cool. But like, is she <laughs> like, this should be the Batman. Like we should just be seeing nothing but Batman. And then a little bit of cat, a little bit of penguin, you know, but not overindulgence. That being said, I still liked her performance. I, yeah, I it, yeah. it was a little long in the tooth. I'm like, oh Jesus, are they gonna fuck or what? Like, I think that's I think that's what did it for me was the the long in the tooth. I did like the whole interaction though, at one point when she she's the one that turns on the spotlight and Gordon drives up and Bat and Batman drives up and he's like, I, I saw the signal. He goes, I thought you did it. Like to yeah. your point, Michael, about a little bit of comedy. That's one of the few moments of comedy that we had in the whole, the yeah. whole fucking thing. Um, Rico, you brought up Falcon Totoro's Falcone. I, I not only was surprised by it, but I liked it quite a bit. You know, if Colin Farrell was basically doing De Niro as Penguin, then John Totoro was doing his most laid back Pacino, and I totally dug it as well. Like yeah. it, it's John Totoro is one of those actors who. He can act crazy and he can he can go full Pacino, so to speak. But he's usually a very kind of soft spoken thinker actor. And I uh, liked his yeah. menace. It was very you know, when when he pops, he pops. But when he's not, he's still intense, in my yeah, opinion. He he reminded me the character, while a little more evil, reminded me of his his character Ganesh in uh Rounders. Kanish. Or K- Kanish, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. It, it, it was obviously different heritage to the character, but his portrayal was very similar. I felt, and and I yeah. really like Kanish quite a bit from that film. Like he's one of the highlights of Rounders for me, and as such, so was Totoro in this. Michael, any thoughts? <laughs> what do you want me to say, man? <laughs> I I think he's fucking hilarious, no matter how serious he tries to be. Because I just picture him as a very fucking funny actor. Sometimes you can't break away from that. And there's nothing wrong with that. that I mean, yeah. did, but did that, I guess the question I would follow up with is, did that take you out of it whenever he was on screen? Because you can't disconnect that. Because you were just thinking of Kuz Fraba the whole fucking movie? I was thinking of him singing I Feel Pretty the whole fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. And seems like seems even, like we should even do when a deep I did disconnect from that from that perspective of him, I still like he didn't come off as scary as that mob boss should be. You know, it's definitely. I mean, it's an older mob boss. He he has other people doing his shit for him. I I actually and he couldn't even choke the bitch. She scratched him and she got away. Come on, she I, scratched him. Long ass nails, man. Yeah, those are long ass nails. I actually um, kind of like the older Falcone, like the the quasi retired, 
guy. I mean, he's not retired because he's obviously still running everything, but like he can just kind of lay back. Like, I, you know, Falcone in in Batman Begins was very similar. Like, he was not very hands on. You know what I mean? He was a little more intense for sure, but he he Didn't wasn't. Did they decide to refer to him as Falcone in this one too instead of Falcone? I think some people, well, and I've heard it said both ways before. That's not, you I, know. I, I've always known it as Falcone, and not once in this movie did they not say Falcone. I heard also, both. Also, quick point. Let's remember that in this movie, he looked at his daughter, undressed her with his eyes, and was ready to fuck her. Uh, but I don't think he that knew who happened. she was. Yeah, but I don't think so he knew who she was. President. Yeah, yeah. Um... I don't think she so knew. He had his crotch and her face ready to go. That happened. Maybe that's why they didn't make a quote-unquote prequel like Steph and I would want, because it would just be like that. It would just be a series of uncomfortable scenes of Zoe and fucking Daddy just like, you know. No, like, she so never like, knew him personally in her childhood. He just dropped the load in her poor mom at some point. And then worked for him. <laughs> Like, yeah, when she got older and knew who her dad was, like when she was an adult, she found her way to get closer to him. But they didn't spend any time together when she was a child. No, not as a child, but like your your implication is still correct. That like he looked at her as kind of a stripper. Like he's like, I just want to. He kicked everybody out of that room and thought he was getting laid. She showed up all dressed up with her tits out with a wig on. He thought he was getting laid, dude. You think he would have let anybody else out of that room, any of his guards out of that room, if he, that's not what was happening? No, it's true. And that and she was counting on it. That's how she got his ass alone. She's like, I'm going to yes. look. She yeah. was seducing her father, and he was ready to put it in her. I mean, she stopped him. Thank God. Yeah. He well, might, I don't I mean, know that, how that far she'd go. I don't know, man. She's, if it was, she, if, I'm committed <laughs> to murder. I'm going to let him do me just so I make sure I hold him still. In oh, that God. in that same vein, though the the the, I'm trying just to move on here. The the, <laughs> se- the sequence between Falcone and and Bruce when oh. they're having that tete a tete about his father mm-hmm. is really one of the highlights of the film for me because you can see you see Bruce like restraining like at least I did I I could mm-hmm. see him like. He wanted to just go full fudge fucking Batman, whether he had the suit or not, and and just fuck him up, and and he didn't. And I thought that was, you know, really interesting. To me, that was a call. Go ahead, Michael. Well, you have Bruce's trust getting passed around like a fucking hooker in that situation, because he's like listening to Falcone's perspective. And then immediately goes to Alfred to bring it up. And then Alfred's like, well, actually, I think that he fucking killed your parents. And it's just like, why is he believing everybody that opens their mouth? Or of all people, why would he believe Falcone specifically? Like, I actually don't think he believed it. I think he was saying what he thought Falcone wanted to hear. I don't know that he was buying it. No, he went well, to he, Alfred he went pretty accusatory. Yeah, he confronted Alfred about it like he was taking his full word for it. That's true. That's and then true. Like, he yeah. believes Alfred immediately when Alfred says something. Nobody well, has any proof or any solid points here. He's just believing whatever first word comes out of somebody's mouth. And, I, and I he would, obviously isn't close to Alfred, so why is he believing him either? I think he's closer to Alfred than he is to Falcone. I mean, well, that's yeah, just, but yeah. still. Um, this, this brooding fucking... You know, distressed, anguished, 
fuck is just believing anybody that opens their mouth when he should obviously not trust anyone in his personality. And that, folks, is exactly why we invited Michael back to this episode. <laughs> um, uh, I don't think, I think we... the God. I think the Falcone scene of this one was a was a throwback to the Batman Begins one when fucking Bruce goes. Yeah. I the restaurant agree. and he, mm-hmm. yeah, he has the gun and he's like, and, and it's basically the same speech. It's like, oh, what? You think you know your dad? You think you know this city? I know this city, bitch. Like, you don't know shit from Chinola. Get the let's, fuck out of here. You let's talk about Thomas Wayne in this for a minute because even though you don't actually, you see him in, in videos and whatever, but you don't actually see the character. But what I liked about this is in every other incarnation I've ever seen, he's been a fucking Boy Scout. And he's mm-hmm. not here. Did he want the guy killed? No, I don't think he did. I think he wanted Falcone to scare him. I, I genuinely believe he didn't want the guy killed. But he he he, he panicked. As, as Alfred actually says, he panicked and he went to the one guy he thought could help him. Maybe not hoping it would go as far as it did. But it, he's not a Boy Scout. And and I actually kind of like that here. And, and it... it, it 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 gave me a whole different perspective on the whole family in a good way. I I also have the question: Is this the first time we ever heard Martha's last name? I'm being serious because I what is it? I've never known her to be in Arkham. Now maybe I'm just wrong, but I th- I think there are some iterations where her last name is Arkham. Okay, but this is definitely the first time live in a live action film where they made her last name as Arkham to the best of my knowledge. Okay. Yeah, um, I was just and, it, and it, you know what? I have to agree. It makes perfect fucking sense. Like if you're going to have the oldest families, the two most together, powerful families. Yeah. 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 Like I dug that aspect. I, Martha Arkham just sounds not very good when you say it out loud. Martha yeah, it, Arkham it, it, sounds, it's not, it's not very, it doesn't roll off the tongue. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, whatever, it's fine. Uh, they kind of <laughs> glossed over the whole mental illness fucking thing of her being. That sounds like a scene that would probably be in like Joker. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah, have like Martha's fucking Arkham family be like, I don't know, I don't know what I'm saying. It just, it just, it sounded weird to like bring it up and then never do anything really about that it. is true they, they really don't like it gets brought up and then just kind of drops off it doesn't really yeah. yeah they focus on thomas's actions but nothing to do with her so like what was martha in arkham for you know like... what it almost sets it up for though honestly it just it literally just occurred to me as you were saying you know what it sets it up for and i don't think What's they're going to be connected but it sets it up for flashpoint because in that other world Martha becomes the Joker in that in that in that world. Thomas is Batman. Bruce is dead, and and she goes nuts, and she is ultimately the Joker. That's true. I don't think they'd have the balls to fucking do that, though. I would love to see it. I would. I, I would. That's that's a, if that's the way they go with it, that they can. I mean, she he's uh, she's not obviously the Joker in this, but if they can show that maybe she was a previous. Yeah, I don't know. That would be really interesting. Uh, well, you touched on it. Should we talk about the fucking Joker that we didn't know we were getting? Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, kudos to the, to them for keeping that 
that quiet because there's a lot that came out about this movie. I know you saw. I avoided it on purpose, but I know you saw a bunch of shit. So well, I did. I, there was speculation because they had cast Barry Keegan. In no, the, but I'm just saying in, the, in general the there was a lot of shit that yeah. Right, but like, and there were because they prominently they like display his name in the credits in the opening credits. Barry Keegan. I'm like. I know that fucking name. Okay, I think I think I know who that is. And he was never in the film until that one scene. I was like, oh, what the fuck? Well, there's also the, the, the deleted scene, if you've seen it, but... Right. Where he's much more prominent, but yeah. Uh, I remember when Michael and I saw it, I, I when we left the theater, I told him, I said, I thought that was Two-Face at first. Because the side of his face is I could see huge that. and yep. very toothy. Yep. And then obviously they started. He started giggling, and I'm like, "Oh, for fuck's sake! How many jokers are we going to get?" I, you know what? And as much as I, I, I think this guy's going to be fine. I don't know you. The, Barry Keegan's name obviously means more to you than it does to me. I'm not familiar with him. Um, I've only seen him in one other thing. But Eternals. It was the I, dude in Eternals. I wish they had tapped the guy who played him in the Gotham TV series. Like, honestly, I would love to have seen that guy get another crack at a real Joker role because I think he would have really done a good job. You know what I mean? You mean uh, Gay Jesus? What? No, that's not Jared Leto. No, that's uh, who he was in Shameless. Oh, I didn't. I I, I haven't fucking burned through Shameless. Oh, so. shit. Michael, should I watch Shameless? You should. I tried. I, I went through, like, I think the first five episodes, and I was like, I, I don't need this much, like... I mean, the main, the main uh, girl's tits are fucking amazing. And then, um... <laughs> the, the dad is literally the best part. <laughs> nice. Okay, that, all right. The dad is literally the best part of that show. It just, He just gets worse and worse and worse, and it's like... Yeah, I mean, there's like there's like one point where like he had to get like his fucking liver or his kidney replaced because he's killing himself with alcohol. <laughs> like the second he got a new one, he started drinking again. He's just like it's so fucking funny, dude. Oh, he just that... he reminds me of like if Ron was just like out of the house more. Well, you <laughs> you actually hit it on the nose because I was kind of like, oh, that'll be a great show for me to escape from like me taking care of my old alcoholic disheveled father let me watch it, a show about the exact it, same thing all right i mean um, it, it kind of reminds me of like weeds but like darker because there's just like a lot of different stories going on within the family members and some of them are a little bit more boring than others but when you get back to just the dad being a fucked up drunk who screws up everything all the time for everyone like that's the best part you know i'm, I'm so glad my dad doesn't listen to this shit no, he doesn't. He didn't. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't. Um, one, he doesn't know how to, and the only one he ever he's ever interested in is the one that he was on. How do I get my episode? I, I fucking love that episode. <laughs> well, thank <laughs> you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, um, CJ, he's he, Michael's played that at his work. I did. Oh, you told I, me I, that. I'm yeah, always yeah, the first yeah. person there, so I played it on the the speakers for the whole restaurant. While there was just like a few of us hanging oh, out, like dear doing God. And, shit. and then gradually yeah, people are just walking in. They just hear, "Yeah, let me tell you about the Jehovah's Witnesses." Like, what the <laughs> fuck song are we listening to? <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else character-wise we really need to like spend some. Well, time no, I mean on. we really didn't touch on the Joker. I mean, oh my like, God, 
for once, he does look like a dude who was thrown in Avada Chemicals, if yeah. that's what happened to him. Right, if that's the, the background they're going for. I was, I'm just, I'm just kind of, see, this is what I was talking about, what Steph said before. It was just like, this, this seems like we really are missing out on, a, on another movie that happened before all this. Like, this is Batman Year Two, but clearly some shit happened in Year One, where he threw a motherfucker in Avada Chemicals. And took his ass to fucking Arkham. Well, like, there's, we, there's, wait, there's no no guarantee it was Batman that did that. Yes, it is because he says like, "Oh, it's our anniversary." Oh, the Joker yeah. says yeah. to him, "He's like, oh, it's coming up on our anniversary. Can you believe it's been a year?" You know, maybe how long he put in Arkham. Now I'm talking about the Vata Chemicals. Oh well, I mean, look, he certainly has a connection with the Joker. That's that's established. I, whether he, we don't know if it was Vata Chemicals, it could have just been. Well, regard. I, they, I'm saying I don't know the Batman's a reason he's that fucked up. Is all I'm getting. It, at. I don't know. I don't know if this version of the Joker got his scars from like chewing on too many Jolly Ranchers and they cut up in his fucking face. <laughs> Michael, that was for you because I, I know that happened to you one time. He and 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 he told us that story at some point. I forget when. I was like, yeah. I, Michael's the only person I know who like cut his tongue. From eating a chocolate. Oh, it was on the it was on the Wonka Wonka episode that you told the story. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Michael texted me. He's like, "I just fucking cut my tongue." I'm like, "How? Did you bite it?" He's like, "No, a Jolly Rancher." Then you took a photo of it. There's just blood. It was like blood and red Jolly Rancher just like mixed in your mouth. I was like, "What the fuck? How did you do that?" He's like, "I don't know." They they get these little like air pockets when the candy mixture dries. So then if you're sucking on it, the pocket opens up, and then it has like. The sides will be like a razor blade. So you're jagged, like, your tongue is moving along, it's sucking on it, just slices it open. Jagged little pill. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I, I, listen. Right now, I'm not, I'm not feeling this incarnation. But I don't feel like we got enough of it to really hold an opinion. So I'm waiting to see if we get more of the character before I finally speak on it. But I, I just can't. Believe I had that. to look the actor up, honestly. Um, like, yeah, me like, too. Yeah. And yeah. and it seems like a lot of people are psyched about him in this position that he normally plays nutcases, this and that. I mean, whatever. <laughs> it's whatever. It's just it's a weird thing to acknowledge that there are three jokers. Like right now, because Jared Leto is still technically on contract for the DCEU. There's two Batman. But we didn't know we were going to have another Batman until Michael Keaton was fucking cast. I'm not even talking about... No, I'm talking Affleck and, and Pattinson. Affleck is technically left, but he came, he's coming back for Flashpoint, but that still is up in the air. Like, okay. he says he's in it, but I've also heard rumors that he's left. Like, he doesn't want to do with Warner Brothers anymore. Well, as but of right now... we have now, Jared Leto, we have Joaquin Phoenix, and now we have Barry Keegan. Like, I just... It's so weird. It's such a weird time... For a comic book fan, where it's like, oh, this is too much Joker. Like, I, I, I think they do a Spider-Man No Way Home and just have all three of them at the same time, just terrorizing Bat, Batman and Arkham, just all, just the uh, Jokers, and just Jared Leto, just, and okay, yeah. And then you get, and the problem is you get one Batman, so you have to pick one of these Batman to fight <laughs> all three of these Jokers. It's you know that's the thing. So you get George Clooney, you get George, you get the worst Batman. To go up against all three Jokers. I would watch the shit out of that. <laughs> um, yeah. Bad uh, win, dude. Bad Nipples. Bad Nipples and Jokers. I'd watch that. <laughs> I, that's what, and that's the title. Bad Nipples and Jokers. That's your, that's your, your title. 
That's um, the name of this episode. Sorry. No, no, it's not. No, it's, <laughs> not. no, it's not. No, it's not. Um, I, I want to talk about the tech a little bit because I like. I really liked Batman's tech in this. I, I, I really like the way he he does the tech here. You guys are more tech savvy than I am. Is is fucking are contact lenses able to do what they did in Not, real life? N- no, but I but I I equate Batman because I I had a feeling that was going to come up, and I equate Batman and Bruce Wayne specifically to be on the same level intelligence wise with a Peter Parker or a Tony Stark. So while the the rest of the public may not have it, him finding a way to make it function and do exactly what that thing does, I don't put that past that character. Now, in into your to your light your question of it, is it a real thing? No, no, not at all. But you know, but then again, they uh, use the same they use the same tech in Mission Impossible Ghost, Ghost Protocol too, if you remember. Well, it's it's most plausible that you could do something visually with this digital contact lens, but they portray it as it also has an audio too, like audio recording and no, somehow he had an the output too. I I think no, I think the audio recording comes from the earpiece. Remember he because when when he well, gives it to I Selena, he gives her an earpiece. It was either I think when it was off one of their eyes and it like when he was in the cave or something i don't know i just remember there being one of the scenes when they had it and it was clearly not an earpiece it was like it was completely functioning on its own and that is way too much tech for something that small i i know i think i i know what scene you're talking about and it's, it's it's after selena's runaway it's several it's maybe even 30 40 minutes later into the actual film like real time but she she's got it and she's got a sign next to it that says, are you there or where are you or something to that. I forget exactly what the words are. Right. And, but she also still has that earpiece. So if they, my thinking is that it almost works in a Bluetooth kind of capacity. And because she has them so close together, that's how he's hearing the audio. Like, I don't think the audio is coming directly through the eyepiece. And if she hadn't had the earpiece at all, Michael, I don't think there would have been sound. And if there had been sound and we know she didn't have the earpiece, I'd be 100% with you. But I think it's like a Bluetooth type of thing. But how does the contact work? Because when she pops it out of her eye, it cuts the recording feed, it cuts the feed that he can communicate and see her. But then she she just like has it on her kitchen table. No, it... I I took it as she took them out and took the earpiece out and put them in a pocket or something. So that's why it goes black visually, and he wouldn't be able to communicate with her if she pulls the earpiece out. Like I took I took it as she took all that out and like threw it in a bag or a pocket or whatever. And it, it didn't go black. It was like frozen. Like it was still like it was it was part of like well, then, it looked like well, it was. She was like this. That makes sense, too, because if she gets far enough... Remember when she first goes into the club, he has to dial the signal in. So if she gets far enough away, the signal would freeze. It would be like if we had a bad connection here. We've had bad connections where one of us is frozen. It's the same... It would be that same kind of concept, I think, you know? It it just speaks for this level of Batman as much as, like, he's such a mopey, dicky Batman where he's just like, I've got this great tech. No one needs to know about it. Like, well, but I don't I think hate, Batman I, ever shares his tech. Like, forget just this incarnation. Like, I, when does you know when does he ever really share the tech? He, 
he saves the best toys for himself, but there have been other incarnations where he's like, like he'll he'll be like, oh, this will help like paraplegics because I built like a fucking robot suit. You know, this will help people who you know need to walk, sure. like sure. kind of a la Tony Stark. I just I just kind of think it's funny. Like this version of, of Bruce Wayne would be like, I discovered the cure for cancer. No one gets to know about it. It's mine. Fuck um, all you people. I, I'm I, using this for when I get cancer. Like I, I really actually like, and I have a feeling this is going to be the thing you both hate the most. So I'm, I'm preparing myself for this. But all right, Michael, get ready. Let's, let's fucking get pumped. Oh, uh, uh, oh. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 I really like the way they found a way to make him glide. Because I don't, one of my biggest problems with Batman, and I understand it's a comic book character, and I understand you have to dis, suspend some kind of disbelief, because Rico, you know I preach that on this show all the time, and I can't turn back on that. But what I did like is, because they wanted to ground this as real as possible, the fact that he was able to turn it into a wingsuit, which is a real thing, and use oh. that to glide um, from where he jumps off the top of the GCPD and, and get away... I think was a really brilliant way to use it. And I think it makes it more realistic and more plausible. And I actually like the fact that it's clear he wasn't very good at it because he really fucks himself up pretty good, you know? So, um, that, that's, yeah, I, I was Michael, really impressed like by that first? part. <laughs> did he have a parachute for that? He did. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember, because I know he fucked up that landing, but I don't remember if there was a parachute. The no, parachute I... is the reason why he fucked up the landing. Exactly, yeah, okay. yeah. I'll just say, he could not use a wingsuit without a parachute. <laughs> no, he absolutely had a parachute. I think he, what, one of the things I think about it, though, to, to Rico's point about it being why he got fucked up, I don't think, and having really had a chance to test the the stuff or had a need to use it. I think he had the wrong size shoot, and that's why it didn't slow him down the way it was supposed to, and that's why he hits the bridge and and wipes the fuck out. So well, he he opened it too late. That too. It's I think it's a combination. Too close to the yeah. fucking ground. It doesn't I, matter what size the shoot is. Well, I know it does though. I mean, I've seen where even if you have a too small of a shoot, it doesn't matter if you're you know ten stories, twenty stories up. It's not going to slow you down the way it should. You need a right specific shoot size for weight ratios and all that kind of thing. So, um, but anyway, you were saying, I, sorry. I, I felt like this was a, I'm, I'm sorry, Michael, were you done? Um, well, I, I'll say that despite what CJ is saying, that's actually the least problem I have with his tech or the explanations of his tech. I think that's the most like straightforward. Everybody knows what the fuck a wingsuit is. This makes sense. It's semi-realistic. I didn't have a problem with that. It's well, it's all the other tech I have a problem with. And, right, well, I'm not explaining it. Well, we'll get to that because I want to hear what you have to say, but I want to hear Rico's thoughts on the wingsuit, and then we'll double back to that. But I, I feel like it made sense for the wingsuit because even though he's richer than fucking, you know, all hell, he would do what is kind of easily accessible and practical, and he hasn't gotten to the point where he can develop, you know, the, the, can, the Batman... Glider, and, and not, but also not to interrupt you, but can we can we agree that the cape, as we typically see it in in films, would not support him? Like I know in the Keaton one, I think it's Dark Knight. I think or not Dark Knight. Excuse me, but Batman Returns, 
when he flips out, like he flips his wings out, it almost is a glider with those rigid things. So it's almost like he pulled something out from underneath the actual cape to give him the wings. We don't know that for sure, but that's kind of what's implied by that, that's, right? That's the implication, yes. And I never really bought the version that Morgan Freeman has in in the Nolan trilogy. Like that, I... in. He explains how it operates, but you don't see Bruce put it together the way that makes it make sense when he ultimately uses it in the film. It, it It's movie magic. It, it, no, I get that, and that's why I yeah. can suspend to some degree, which is why I'm not like, oh my god, that's the worst thing about the movie and whatever. But I'm saying this, from a practical perspective, made the most sense of any wing cape thing that we've seen in, in any incarnation to this point. I agree with that, but I also think it, on one hand, it's really interesting to see a Batman afraid of heights. On the other hand, this looks, because he looks down, it's like, oh shit. I don't know know that he's afraid of heights as much as I don't think he realized maybe how, like, right, it's not a fear of heights, it's just like, oh shit, that's higher than I thought it was, you know, like, that kind of thing, you know? Like, yeah, he has to, like, pump, he's like, I'm gonna do this regardless whether I like this or not, I gotta pump myself up, but it it was just an interesting thing, because every, every fucking Batman movie, he doesn't look, he just leaps. Yeah, well, and this this is year two, and I, and I, and I like that whole thing about it, and in terms of pumping up, just remind me, I have something I want to ask you, but it's not about that scene, but we'll do that later, yeah. But I, but I also am of the opinion that I'm like, he would have practiced this way more. Cause like learning how to fight is one thing. Learning how to drive like the Batmobile successfully is one thing. Jumping off a building and gliding successfully is probably the thing that should be on his fucking top of the studio. Okay, list. But you I only think... get one shot at that. Like <laughs> if you I'm... fuck up driving the car, you'll, you might live, but you fuck up the jumping off a building that's it <laughs> that's what i'm saying is he needed to fucking know what he's doing and he oh look he survived but that like i don't know if it was the same for for michael but when that happened i did that kind of gamer laugh when like something when you when your character dies unexpectedly you, instead of like getting pissed off you just go like you know that fucking like what the fuck was that? It was so I, stupid. How that happened to me? No, that could have been the end of the movie right there. Right. <laughs> and then roll I, credits, dude. <laughs> I actually like though that he didn't get it right. You know what I mean? Like maybe there's that arrogance to him. He's like, I'm gonna get this on the first try, and then it, and then he doesn't, and he's like, okay, that was a bad idea, and you know what I mean? And obviously we don't see him try it again, and who knows for the future? But you know, I'm all for a Batman you know, making mistakes and learning from his mistakes. But it's like, that's a fucking mistake that you, that he should not have ever made. Like, well, and, and, like, and I would say, I think, I think this Batman is, despite the suit that's in the, in the Dark Knight trilogy, I feel like this is one of the more, the, the better armored Batman that we've seen. Like, and I think that's why he didn't get more severely hurt from that. It's because that, the suit that he has while flexible is armored in just enough of the right areas to protect, you know, vital things. So, you know, that's, that's just my two cents on that. But it definitely looks like the most hodgepodge bat suit for that sure. I've ever seen. Yeah, for sure. It, it looks like he was taking apart cars and like, I'm going to make a suit out of this. Yeah. Um, uh, Michael, you Michael, said you had a problem with yeah. the gear. What, what, what are you, what are some of your tech. gear? Yeah. Or the tech, what's your tech problems? 
I don't have problems with his tech. Is what are your technical issues? My technical <laughs> issues. Well, I brought this up to Rico. Is like I feel um, that it's not so much that we need to explain how the items work. Like I did actually really like that aspect about the Nolan films, but like you want to show it off a little bit more rather than just like seeing a little bit in these fight scenes here and there. Mm. Even if it's just having it laid out in his in his lair or whatever. Or, having the bat suit come out of the floor with all the cool things next to it. It's just like, that's one of the things that we love about Batman, you know? Like, we want to see more of that shit. And it's just like, it's another thing that this movie tried to be different by straying away from, but it's one of the core values that we love so fucking much about Batman. And I, I don't disagree with that. I would say, though, that it, going back to the, the, the point I was making earlier about... Um, doing it a little bit different. And I also think this is more of a long game Batman, to, to your point, Michael, about taking the risk that they took. And I, I agree with you. It's a risk and it's, you know, it may not have paid off, but it looks like it might have in this case. But it's it's a big big gamble. But they're playing along. I think you're going to see a lot of that stuff develop. And I, and I don't think you're going to see it because the, flan, the fans are clamoring for it, but just because that would be the natural progression of this Batman to start seeing some of the stuff that you're talking about. Because to the point of seeing this stuff spread around the Batcave, you do see something that I don't think you realize you see, and I didn't even catch it till my sub my subsequent viewings. That jet engine that ends up on the, the back of the Batmobile doesn't start the movie on that car. Now, you don't see him put it together and install it, but there's a couple different times where the camera pans around the Batcave, which, by the way, the fact that the Batcave is a, a subway station, I think is awesome, but that's beside the point. It makes the most sense, yeah. It does, yeah. But he, when he's panning around the, the, the Batcave, you see the engine in pieces. Like at one point it goes over the camshaft, another time it goes over, you know, the engine block. And each time it's a little more put together. And then ultimately, and I'm sure on purpose, by the time you get to the scene where he rims it up for the first time, it's no longer there. So you, it, it's not the tech that we're, we're used to seeing, to your point, like the grappling gun and the batarangs and, you know, all that other kind of tech. But you do see in a different way that that thing of, of the tech laid out because he is presumably in these in-between sequences that we're not seeing building the engine and working on the engine and, and ultimately getting it ready to attach it to the to what is the Batmobile, which I also really liked. It, it's, it's visually speaking, the least Batmobile Batmobile we've had, but so you think that was the first time he used it or he was upgrading it? I think it's the first, I, 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 that, that is actually a good question. I don't know. It could go either way that it, it, it might've been the first. And actually I would argue it's the first time because, and I'm still not sure how, what I think of this, but in that scene, when he fires up the first time, it stalls. And I always wondered if he did it on purpose to to fool them, meaning the, the people that he was going to be chasing, or if it actually fucking stalled on him, to your point, Michael, that it's the first time he used it, and oops. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, um, but they don't ever address it in that, you know, he just fires it back up and off he goes. So it, it could go either way, really, you know? I read a, a review where somebody said that 
uh, the scene when he shows up in the vintage Corvette as Bruce Wayne. I love like, that. That, that car back. actually outshowed the the Batmobile. <laughs> They're like, and, this car is way more badass. It, well, I mean, it's a '63 <laughs> split back, so yeah. I mean, that's a right. that's a that's a badass fucking car. But I also liked it because it's very bat-like. That that Corvette, that's even though it's called a Stingray, has very bat qualities and the fact that it was black it, it it's almost like he was driving the Batmobile in plain sight nobody fucking knew it right, you know, right. which I kind of like that whether it was intentional or not or it was more of just like a throwaway thing I, I actually really dug that Rico you look like you had a thought though so I want to I, I like the idea of a 70s muscle car for this iteration of Batman mm-hmm. and I do like the I read what the inspiration for it was it's like Michael, you'll appreciate this. They really focused on the Stephen King movie and book, Christine. They were really aiming for, like, a sentient car that was terrifying. Okay, we don't like, need Kit in Gotham, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, it was kind of that. It was like if Herbie the Love Bug had a bad fucking attitude. Like, you know, it was it was that. So I do like the roaring of it. It did kind of scream less car more like animal it was an animal fucking batmobile yeah it's not my batmobile it's not you know it's not the one we I, we grew up with with the I, the keaton one it's i would argue the, the keaton Tumblr. one is the most iconic of all of them the keaton one is definitely the most iconic i mean i would say the 66 one for very different reason i was going cinematic but sure i can't argue that Cinem- yeah in terms of functionality of what my preference would be, I I actually really thoroughly enjoy the Ben Affleck one. I thought that no, that's had really like good. The best yeah. of all yeah. of them. Okay. Uh, the tumbler to me just looked like a big fucking. It was like a monster truck mixed with a tank. I, and I, I do was like, enjoy, all right. I do enjoy the tumbler a bit though. It's not it's not the most iconic, but I do enjoy the tumbler. It, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, for but and and again this. This all, everything that we saw for this particular film, like I hope he gets better shit. Like I hope he fucking learns how to jump off a building properly. I hope he, I hope he makes the real improved Batmobile, and it's not just a fucking big old muscle car. What I don't want though, and I and I have to stress this, I'm not against what you're saying, Rico. But what I don't want is I don't want it to go to the level of a Schumacher. Like it's no, got no, it's no, no, gotta no, 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 stop no. somewhere well before that. Do you know what I mean? Like because I, I, I could because think... even even the Keaton car as iconic as it is is it's maybe a, it's a little too far for me. Do you know what I mean? So it, it's a little too flashy, but like you, Burton is not subtle. No, so like <laughs> no. I I think what we're gonna if if they do go that route, I think Battenson's. Uh, Batmobile will be, still be like a fucking muscle car, but it'll it'll have more, not less. Maybe like it'll have gadgets on the inside. Like that's what well, I think it's going to be. And, and, it'll and have like a fucking the uh, the spikes that come out of the tires. That's like, something that that Batman would do. Like I noticed something, but I noticed something towards the end of the movie that really had me a little like concerned. I'm not saying I didn't like it, but I was concerned. Okay. What? No, you look like you were gonna say. Say well, my my final point. Oh, is please, I honestly yeah. think that this his next Batmobile will be closer to the Black Beauty from the Green Hornet 
than mm. Tim Burton's Batman or uh, yeah, Batmobile. Yeah, it okay. would be closer to that. It'll have gadgets, but it'll still look like a fucking car. Right, right, right. That's which, what which, I think that it would be. Which is what the '66 one. The '66 one still, to a degree, looks like a car compared to any of the other ones. Yes. Compared to the other ones, sure. That's except for this saying. one. This but one. You know, looks, yeah, I'm talking about like. Right. Yeah, yeah. But um, the '66 one also looks like. Oh yeah, that's Batman's car. That's definitely Batman's car. No, like, sure. There's fucking the red, the Batman symbols on every fucking thing. Yeah. It's it also has like a fucking thing called like the Bat Dome or something like yeah. the, you know it's yeah the Bat Radio the Bat Cell Phone like you know. yeah um but I did notice something towards the end of the movie that had me a little concerned and I, I'm I'm reserving my my freak out till I see what happens but. Because he rides a motorcycle a lot in this movie. I have no problem with that. I actually like it. But right. if you pay attention to the motorcycle he's riding at the end, when he and Selena ride away from the cemetery, it almost has ears. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. And, and that's yeah, it's, it's yeah. It's that's getting close to '66 type stuff, and that has me a little nervous. It's also the only time he rides it in the suit. Yeah, that's true. He, he he actually I, I this is going back to your point, Michael, about the tech and not seeing enough of it. There's a way that he somehow does a quick change from street clothes to the suit like like that. It's almost instant. And I'd be curious to see how that happens. I'm not I'm, and I don't want it to be something like like Tony Stark and nanotech. I don't want that. But what I do want to know is how's he getting from the one to the other so quickly? You know, I'd be curious. It seems like they're writing it off like he always has a backpack on when he's on the bike no, out but, of costume. But he's not fitting that fucking body armor in a little backpack there. Even even if he is, the putting it on is going to be time consuming, and it's almost like he he almost pulls a Superman where he like walks through the phone booth and he he walks in as Clark Kent and, and exits as Superman. And right. I'm sorry, he doesn't have that speed. So, <laughs> but I mean, it does make it super funny the fact that like let's say for the sake of argument that his his backpack has the bat suit in it, mm-hmm. and he's not always wearing it but i mean I, because i've seen it like be on like the bike but like imagine okay. you're that criminal and you steal a backpack off of a fucking motorcycle yeah, right right or you steal the motorcycle you're like fuck you i got this shit you open it up it's just a batman costume like oh shit i'm gonna put I, this back where i found it <laughs> i have a theory that just came to me so i want to throw it to you guys and tell me what you think because it would explain how he might pull this off right because he's also always wearing, like, almost a trench coat-level jacket when he's not in the suit, right? Or mm-hmm. at least when he's not presumably in the suit. Let me put it that way. What mm-hmm. if the base suit is under the jacket? So you would only see the pants and the boots, which don't have any Batman-like look to them. They're just boots and black pants. The chest plate would be covered by the jacket, and the only thing in the backpack would be the cape and cowl. That would fit in that backpack. So, I with, still feel like the torso body armor is too bulky. No, but I'm I saying agree. he's still wearing. But he's still wearing. That's what I'm saying. He's wearing that under the trench coat. No, I'm saying it's too bulky to even wear underneath. You think what so? I was thinking you were going with is maybe he's wearing like the base layer of it and just the armor plating itself. Maybe well, he could, like because it has joints to it, so that's it's not true. like it has to stay in a torso shape. It could fold yeah. fold to some degree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, it's still I, kind of, it's still time consuming. It's like I gotta get to Falcone. Yeah, but, but first say I he's wearing 
like the full like I don't know like spandex or some kind of suit underneath, yeah. and he's just got to open that up, clip the fucking shit on, clip his fucking belts on, slide his pants boots on. You know, but he could probably do that in a minute. I don't but know. But it's not just that he has to fucking put on the black eyeliner. He has to do that. Every yeah, he's, got time. Just, yeah, nah. he's just like, <laughs> which, by the way, I I, I like the they, they without addressing it, address that. There's multiple scenes where you see him without the cow, and he still has the black eyeliner, like the black. Yeah. Because most of the time, we've seen scenes where they lift the helmet off, and suddenly his eyes are clear. Like you know right. what I mean. So, and, and the first time that's ever been addressed wasn't even in a Batman movie. No, it was the movie Kick Ass. Yep. I've seen Nicholas Cage was doing the same fucking thing, and I'm like, fucking finally, someone acknowledges the black eyeliner. Yeah. It was Nicholas Cage, but fuck it. I was um, also picturing how he was probably feeding his hair in the helmet because you, I, I don't know if you guys have ever had long hair. I have, but yeah, um, yeah. If you were putting the helmet on the way he had, like, he's got to be like folding his hair back in there, and then he takes it off, and it all comes out all over yeah. his face. You know, I'm just picture picturing him just push it all in there so it's not in his eyes <laughs> yeah I, I i obviously there's some there's some suspension of disbelief again that you kind of have to have but I, right. I i i at least think there's some some feasibility but i would like i would love like that they'd be a little more explained conversely i hated catwoman's mask like i didn't need fucking i didn't need michelle pfeiffer pleather with white stitching but like <laughs> you know I also how is that a mask? It only covered her nose. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the it, she had a shaved head, so having her head covered didn't cover anything. You know, it shows her entire face, her entire eyes, it just covers her nose. Like yep, you can only much. tell who somebody is by their nose. Yeah, I mean it was it was basically She also just was a... very unknown in her regular state anyway so it probably didn't really matter right yeah. she she would have basically been putting more attention on herself by being the Catwoman. like and, right and, and Anne hathaway wasn't much different she just had like like a like a mask thing if i recall plus the goggles i don't know if she had a mask thing right it was just she didn't the goggles. Even have a mask it was I just, she the, just goggles. Had the yeah yeah it, it was just, just the goggles, the goggles. So yeah like no, they were like, we we want to show off Anne Hathaway's face. Like we, you know, look at look at how hot this Catwoman is. Like, yeah, we we got but, it. I mean, that's always been a, a superhero thing, though. They're like, oh, well, we you hide the eyes, then they'll never know. But it's never been hide the nose. It, you know, it is. It is <laughs> the nose knows, thing. man. The <laughs> nose knows. Dude, it's such a stupid thing that like people think if you just put a like a domino mask, I don't know who that is. If Michael was moonlighting as a fucking superhero. And I saw him wearing a mask. It, like, he was Batman, right? I could tell it was fucking Michael. I'm like, well, he's like, you don't know who I am. I'm Batman. I'm like, fuck you, Michael, you stupid fuck. I know it's you. Because like, no, he'd, he'd be the gloomy, dark giant. I mean, that's what right. he would be. Like, <laughs> I would just be like, where's that superhero who just, like, hangs out and plays with his dogs and plays video games? Yeah. Where's that um, superhero who's constantly going in out of the pizzeria? <laughs> I... I, I mentioned the the the, the motorcycle lo- looking very sixty six by the end of it, right? And borderline and, animated series. For the yeah, sure, I'll give you that. Yeah, um, and I would ask you, do you think? I know I said I'm fearful that might be where it's going, or do you think that was just an Easter egg to either one of those, the sixty six or the animated? I'm I'm not gonna 
split hairs on which direction because there's another Easter egg in the movie guaranteed the 66 that I saw that I don't know if anyone else picked up on or that a lot of people picked up on. Uh, I don't know. This is like a compound question. Um, well, it's a two uh, part. The, the What do you think okay. about that? And then I, did you see the other one that I'm talking about? I Well, I don't know what, you, what the other one that you're talking about until you mentioned it. And I can say, oh, yeah, I did notice that. Well, um, yeah. But the, the, the bat fucking cycle, um, which I guess is technically called the bat pod. Is, is really what it is? No, that's what fucking the Dark Knight. It's the Bat Cycle. That it, okay. the, the Bat right. Pod was a, a, a Nolan thing. Okay. Yeah. Um. I. I don't know. I think they're kind of going their own angle. I mean, it's definitely the most quote unquote Batman esque looking thing of his. Like the Batmobile doesn't look like a bat outside of know? the suit. Out. Yeah. Outside. Of the, that's what I mean. Okay. In terms of vehicles, this one definitely looks like, hey, that looks kind of like Batman would drive that motherfucker. Like, that's <laughs> whether it was an homage, I don't know. I think they're trying to go through their own thing. I mean, in the same sense that every Batman is kind of an homage to a previous Batman. Sure, sure. Michael, so do you have was, a yeah, Michael, on what do you think? On the motorcycle or no? And if you don't, that's fine. I mean, it's no big Did deal. you even notice what he's talking about that had like it looked like it had ears? I'm trying to picture that scene. I actually have the movie up right now. It's I've the very end. That scene. Yeah, it's it's uh, the very end, right? Right when he and Selena are first getting on the motorcycle. That's when you see it the most prominent. When they're weird. getting on it, or when he's riding away? Uh, well, a little bit of both. They're getting on and starting to ride off. It's yeah. that whole scene where they're fucking having their one last ride together, like fucking. Uh, Fast right and, and Furious. Right it was, it was very much bat, bats and the furious. Oh, I see it. Okay. Yeah. So it does, yeah. It doesn't have any kind of a windshield. It just has these two points on it. Yeah, which is very uh, like bat face type thing that they've had on other bat cycles. So, which yeah, meant that, like his like Batman serves supplies, no yeah. purpose at all except cosmetic. It only makes sense that it would be meant to look bat shaped. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, this Batman was kind of like, I'm just this is gonna look cool. Like right. Yeah. Um. That's fucking silly. The other, the other Easter egg, uh, and this has definitely got to be an homage. I, I, I'm one hundred percent stating that now. I'm gonna tell you this scene first, but I want and see if you can think about it. If not, then I'll tell you what it is. I'm not gonna not say it, but it's when it's when Alfred's getting the mail to get the bomb, but he don't know it's a bomb yet, and it's a, it's a wide shot of the table. And off to the left, almost dead center on screen, there's something right there that's that's an homage. And I will tell you, it's specifically the '66. I have no idea what you're talking. about. I mean, I know the scene. I don't. I don't know what you're alluding to. These almost identical bust of Shakespeare, the one that they flip the head back on and hit the button to go down the bat pole, is sitting right there. It's oh, it, it, it doesn't no serve shit. it doesn't serve any function except to be a piece of art just sitting on it's, a table. But it's just Bill. It's just Bill Shakespeare on the table. Okay, and better than Bill Shatner, but that's beside the point. Um, you know, yeah, that's that's sitting right there, and it, it's it's only there for maybe uh, five seconds. It's not like okay. they don't focus in on it. It's not like a thing like that, but it's there. So, Michael, are you are you rewinding the film to find it? No. Oh, you look yes. like you're looking at no, the movie. He's totally doing that. Don't. He's, he... <laughs> I was curious. It's fine. There's did, nothing did, wrong with that. Did you find that. it? Did you confirm it? 
No, you interrupted me, Dick. It's also, I, I, you know what? I also checked, Rico. I promise you I saw it on my own, but it is also in the trivia. Okay. So. Um, I'm trying to think of what the next topic is. We did the music. We did the cast. We talked about how this is basically a Fincher film without, I mean, Matt Reeves did a great job. I, I like Matt Reeves. I, and, yeah. I, I was, I, I do want to get to some of the, the behind the scenes, like actual tech that they used to make the movie. But before we get that, just finishing up with the movie itself, the, the self, the story part of it. I love this up until they took it that one step too far. And it wasn't enough to destroy it for me because it, and it, that's happened to me for other films. It, they didn't do it here, but they took it just one step, just too far, and and that was with the explosion of the the, the retaining walls. They didn't need to do that. There, there was a way to still have all the same pieces happen without the the flooding and martial law, because that's the thing that where it gets that far. Like it ends up being it ends up being the Dark Knight Rises again, and except instead of a nuclear bomb, it's flooding. Is is basically what it it, it becomes. Now it only fortunately compared to the Dark Knight Rises, it's the last ten minutes of the movie, and that's it. If that, but in the Dark Knight Rises, unfortunately, it's eighty percent of the movie. So you know, well, big the difference. Implication but... it will happen for eighty percent of the movie. I mean, it doesn't happen. No, because they say the guard, National Guard's coming in and things. I, I, my guess is the floodwaters are going to get resolved fairly quickly, and it might be like a month. You know what I mean? And we won't see any of that month. It'll be like when remember when this happened last year? You know, like that kind of thing, right? At that time, remember when everybody got wet? Right. What they could have done, and it still would have worked, in my opinion, is still try to kill the new mayor. Without the water. You could have still had all those motherfuckers up on the rafters all taking a shot at her, trying to kill her, and draw the Batman out to then to then kill the Batman. And you mm-hmm. didn't need to flood Gotham. And it still yeah. would have worked. You could have had all the same stuff happen, with the exception of him falling into the water. I agree. I think it was one extra element that wasn't necessary. I didn't roll my eyes oh, I, aggressively. I absolutely did. Yeah. But I felt like the film was like it was it was done. I felt the movie was pretty much over and then all of a sudden we're getting another fucking scene. Yeah. Like if it ended with him catching the Riddler, I'm like, okay, well that's that's kind of a weak ending. And then I felt like this next additional scene didn't make the ending that much stronger. And that, no, but I think if they had done what I I had said, might have. Do you know what I mean? There's look, let me put it this way. I don't have a scene at the top of my head that they could have cut or trimmed down to make this a more concise film. In my opinion, I felt like I, I definitely feel like the Catwoman story plot was a little too excessive. Um, I feel like they maybe could have taken out one riddle. I'm not saying I no, don't I, like I, long I, movies. I actually wish we had more riddles. That's what I'm not. It's not a complaint, but I I like the fact that we had the riddles. Well, look, I if they're gonna have riddles and they need to have more riddles, where like Batman is able to do them while he's in the middle of a fight scene or while he's driving the Batmobile. Fine, because he he spends, you know, yes, he solves the riddles really fucking quickly, but there's like four or five riddle that he solved in a matter of seconds, Mm -hmm. but each scene takes 15 minutes. Like, Oh Jesus Christ. Like (laughs) I, 
Like, I know I want a detective movie, but I also do want an action-adventure Batman movie. You just want to see the great, the great mouse to Tata. That's all you no, want. I, no, I don't. I want, I want elements of... All, I want the greatest hits of Batman. I want... He is a detective. He does kick the fuck out of all the, all the bad guys. That... He knows how to fucking fly. <laughs> and and he, you know, I want him to look good in the suit. I want him to have a compelling villain. And we did get a compelling villain. He just overacted like a motherfucker. Michael, what are your thoughts on all that? Any of that stuff that we just talked about? Well, you know, I'm starting to get a perspective where that's it's kind of changing my thoughts from the original, from the beginning of our talk here is... Maybe we are going to get our rise to power. Maybe we're just starting at a different point. Mm-hmm. You know? I agree. I agree. Maybe, maybe these, these like, it's still going back to where they really better not fuck up this next movie. <laughs> but, like, um, maybe we are going to get all the things that I'm asking for. You know? I, it's I, just I think happening will. at a different point in time. I think you will. You know? I agree. Yeah. But it's just taking him that long to perfect himself. He... You know, maybe this next movie is where he really finds how badass he can be. Well, that's pretty know. common in superhero movies. Yep. Normally, it's the second movie where the hero can like unleash, like Spider-Man Two, the the Tobey yeah. Maguire one. You know, he he doesn't have to fucking learn how to swing. He can, you know, let and his it, web head fly. But it's not always the second one because, to be fair, you know, No Way Home was it Far From Home is not as good as No Way Home from them. The, the no, one. because the introduction to that Spider-Man is Civil War, so therefore Homecoming is kind of the second film. Fair enough. All right, Michael, God, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Well, usually, so Rico, you're right, but usually when they're using that tried true method, it's the end of that first movie is when they figure out how strong they are, and then the yeah. next movie, it's them doing that the whole movie. Absolutely. Do you really think the last fight scene in this Batman was him finding out how strong he was? No. no. It was him getting his ass fucking kicked and having to shoot up to fucking finish but, the deal. But today, Also, when he jumped in that fucking window at the beginning of that scene, did you notice it looked like he landed on his back? <laughs> I was more concerned. I'm like, how is he not having all the Gothamites down below him covered in glass? Yeah, I was like, that's a little excessive. He didn't have to blow up the entire fucking like. And he spent like, half that fight hanging off of some ledge. Like he, <laughs> at least two times he was hanging off of a ledge during that. He got shotgun blasted, was practically passing out, then had to shoot up. Well, and I want with I, some fucking bane juice. Thank you. Well, <laughs> I was gonna ask you, was that venom? Because I think it was. I one hundred percent think it was. I venom. think it was venom without being a venom, but for if, but it was. Pretty and much. He, he had like a special slot built into his suit just for that too. Did you no, notice I, that? I, don't, yeah. I don't think it was just. I yeah. I think it was. I think it was both, Michael. I think it was yes for that injection system, but not necessarily for venom stuff. Like if he had to put anything no. in. But yes, I I agree. Yeah, he um, probably had a whole arsenal. Maybe that's where that stupid bag he had hanging on his leg was just full of goody <laughs> drugs. You know, <laughs> I, um, do you think? Do you, let me let me ask you guys this: Do wait, you wait, think that what? God, well, it, it goes with it goes with the venom juice, the baby okay, juice. Okay, because I I wanted to touch back on his point about the rise to power. Okay. point real quick. I God, do you want to go first? Or you want me to no, go? No, first? no, go. No, oh, I'm okay. waiting for you. I'm sorry. Um, he, you're right. He doesn't figure himself out in that fight. 
I agree with you, Michael. He doesn't. Where he figures himself out is when he's you get that voiceover again at the end when he's like, I have to be something different. I have to be something more. That moment, and I think when he's when the sun is rising on Gotham and he sees what it's become because it it it's um it goes back to the 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 in between between the Joker and Batman and in Dark Knight where he goes you've created a new level of criminal. It's the same concept. And I think that's the rise to power moment that, or at least that it's going to lead to that rise to power moment that you want is it was that moment that got him there, not the fight. And that's, that's my thought there. Rico, you had a thought about that. You wanted to say though. So I don't want to. Well, they keep talking about that fucking, uh, that drug that's featured throughout this movie. The, what is it? The drop head or the drop, drops, right? Yeah. Drops. Drops. What if that's what that was? Because they never really fully explained what dr- the drops do. It kind of makes them seem like they're kind of a little, like, little, they, they're kind of acting a little drunk. I took it like an LSD type of effect. Well, they, there's scenes where they show it and it's not, the lighting's not great, but it looks like that drug is clear. And when he shoots up, it's clearly like yellow or green. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, I'm saying that he modified it, but like they, look, that's another thing that they just basically fucking glossed over. Because at no point did, like, he ever, like, have a conversation with Alfred. Like, Alfred's like, what happens if you get injured? He's like, well, I got my fucking little, you know, I got my, I got my adrenaline, motherfucker. Like, I know yeah, what I'm doing. I'm ready. And, I got and my and plan PCP, basically. And, yeah. And he clearly yeah, for- gets injured because if you remember when he's putting on his shirt, you see all the, you see the, the stereotypical, the scarred up back. Because that seems to be in every right. Batman ever. <laughs> Are know. you just horribly scarred? Yeah, like <laughs> I th- actually, I actually kind of like that. I thought that was pretty funny. That actually, yeah, but then like yeah. it really should just be like him, like showing. It's like, oh my god, you're hot. Like <laughs> you know, you know, you know, in Deadpool three, they're gonna absolutely utilize that, right? Because he actually is hideously scarred under the mask. Yeah, so, yeah. Wait, what are you hideously scarred? Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> boo. <laughs> Um, I, I, it would have just been nice to not have to take some of the gadgets at face value. It would have been nice to have an explanation of what we're witnessing. It doesn't, I don't need a, a whole history, but to have a line of dialogue where Alfred's like, did you pack your fucking Bane juice or something, you know? Well, and that's, that's the thing that's interesting about it though, is what if, and I'm not advocating for another Bane cause I really don't want it, but <laughs> Let's let's just say that 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 is the way they're gonna go. What if in this version of this world, Batman's the reason why we have Bane, because he created this juice to not turn himself into to Bane, but to I like Bane. how we're calling it juice <laughs> serum. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Yeah, I mean Bane juice. <laughs> I mean, you make a good point because it would be pretty. It would be pretty interesting if, like, some of the big... I mean, that's kind of what Batman is. All the biggest villains have come forward because of Batman. But what if it's you a know? step further that someone actually... Or maybe, maybe, you know, someone gets a hold of this this stuff and then weaponizes it. So, you know, and obviously it's almost to that Bane level anyway because Gordon had to, like, stop him. Like, I don't think if Gordon yeah. had been there, he would have stopped. He probably would have killed that guy. You know yeah. what I mean? So, I don't know. And how they flipped that scene 
from the opening scene. It's like, I'm vengeance. And then that stopped Batman. He's like, that's my line. What the fuck? You know, oh, okay, so I've been a symbol for the wrong team. That's when you find out that you've been the villain all the whole time unintentionally, mm. which I thought was an interesting flip. Um, and, you know, despite my criticism, I, I'll, I'll watch the next film. Like, oh, this I'm, is a movie I'm that in. I'm in. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm gonna buy the I'm gonna buy the DVD. I'm gonna fucking put it with the collection. But I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to the Penguin fucking spinoff. I just it, it's so bizarre that that's that's the focus. Is they're gonna make a instead of making a prequel show of the Batman, it's gonna be a prequel show of the Penguin. Which is weird because they already did that in Gotham. Really, Gotham is is the Penguin's rise more than anything. Right. Like I knew I I know I blew fucking Colin Farrell in this episode for the penguin, but like I I, I want it abundantly clear. I don't necessarily need a penguin Colin Farrell show. I'd rather have a Batman show. I, I, I wanna talk a little bit before we wrap this thing up, and I don't think it's gonna take a whole bunch of time, but I did want to talk about the tech to actually making the movie. So when I I'm not talking about Batman's tech, I'm talking about the actual Tech, did you did Enrico? I meant to message you to do this, so and I know I didn't. But did you watch any of the extras that were involved? The only one that I watched was the Joker scene. Okay, and so I'm guessing Michael, you probably didn't either. No, no. Uh, so I'll talk about it a little bit, and I'll try to do it justice. But I highly recommend you go watch it anyway. It's called the LED Volume One on the extras on HBO Max, and it's the way they did the backgrounds. So what they did, this is really interesting. It, it It's like they, they blended uh, green screen and bullet time a little bit. So uh, may, maybe that's not a great example. I'll explain. They made a half semicircle, very large LED screen. Okay. And so like... Like, for example, you know the scene when Bruce is walking in to talk to Carmine and you see through the window all the cars coming in? That's not blue screen. That's an actual LED screen playing video of the cars playing, driving towards the set piece that they have built there. They did that with the the scenes, all the scenes in that broken down building where the the bat signal is are Mm -hmm. all that. And... It, so they got to include the sunlight from that because it, the, the screens are so big and so bright that it actually shone sunlight on the actors' faces. All the Almost all the outdoor scenes, not all of them, there were some things done on location, but almost all the outdoor scenes are done with this, what they call the LED volume. That's what that, volume one doesn't refer to volume one. It refers to the name of the the apparatus that they built. And all those driving scenes that we saw were done on that that um, uh, on a set with that behind it. But unlike something like Fast and the Furious, where the cars were stationary when they shoot the driving scenes, like when you see a close up of the drivers, the cars are stationary, and then there's blue screen, and then they kind of move the blue screen. They moved the cars and the screen. Because it was LED, they were able to, like, swing the whole... Like, if the car was spinning, they could swing the LED this way, and they would spin the car this way, and you would get that 
effect that they needed. It was really interesting how they did the backgrounds on this. And again, like that whole sequence on top of the garden when he's carrying the person, that's completely on a set with that LED volume displaying all of of, of uh, Gotham behind him. <laughs> I think that's been, uh, that was sort of started with the Mandalorian because I remember seeing a making of the Mandalorian and they had the exact same thing that you're describing. So like, it's a studio, but like they had like, you know, exactly what you're talking about. It was kind of like a matte painting, but it was video and, and they were able to This move isn't matte though. This is like you can see the LED, thousands of LED bulbs. So But I'm saying it was like how back in the day they would have a matte painting yeah, where yeah, it was yeah. like, yeah. oh, in the distance, but it's really just a painting. Sure. Um this and and I remember being like, wow, that's gonna be the new way of fucking making movies, especially at that time, which was like a COVID era world where yeah. it's like, we don't know how we're going to film, how we're going to get people close to each other. And you know, a lot of this like was shot in COVID world as well. We both know that, yeah. you know, so I, I, I even heard a rumor that he actually got COVID. He did. I don't know no. if it's true. No, I think it's been confirmed. I think it was confirmed. I, I remember hearing, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying any of this is true, but I heard that some people said that he hadn't gotten buff enough and they said that he got covid so he can go home and, and work train out to some get more. more yeah yeah that's maybe, what i heard maybe um regardless i i enrico i think you'll find mike mike i don't know your level of interest in that kind of stuff but if you haven't watched that it, it's only like 10 or 15 minutes long it's not like an hour long thing so if you get the chance it is really intriguing like i am mesmerized by this and i hope they're using started using it in more stuff Rico, I know you're not a big of a fan of the franchise, but I think it would be a great way to send Fast and the Furious off if if the tenth one is in fact the last one, and they use that to give us even more realistic racing in that. Because the, the the little bit of I read about that one, they're going back to their roots. They're going back closer to the first one with the story for this one. So less um, space and more oh, yeah. fucking actual <laughs> race. Yes. So I, less I, space, um, more race. Yeah, that should be the tagline. <laughs> That should be the tagline. Um, but no, I, it, it's a really interesting movie making tool, and it would be curious to see if they use it. What other what other uh, types of movies? Because you could use something like that. I'm sure you could use it in Matrix. Guarantee you could use it in Star Wars. You know, you know those types of films. I would be really curious to yeah. see because I, I actually the day after I watched Batman, I watched uh, Revenge of the Sith again just because I was in the mood and. We both know, Michael. I'm sure you know too. I'm sorry that it's all done on blue screen or green screen or whatever. The whole yeah. the whole thing, and you can clearly kind of see it. Whereas, yeah. I honestly thought the stuff that they did on this thing was actually outside. I legit well, I, thought it was, and it's not. It's all on the set. Now they did do some outdoor stuff, so it's not that they didn't do any. But yeah, yeah the the motorcycle scene with him and Selena was outside because I remember that was like the first. Those were the first set pictures that were leaked out. It was a stuntman on the motorcycle, but and I was like, oh, okay, and the the cape was digital. Like the cave was seen. Okay. Okay. And I think the so car. I, like, yeah. I think all the car. Most of the car scenes, when they're not in the cockpit, when you're not seeing the actor, I think are all external too. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I I, I recommend you watch that because it's really intriguing tech, and I'm very excited to see what that leads to the rest, the future of filmmaking. All right. So while while we are getting ready to end this, can you guys 
do the impossible and rank all the Batman movies, including this one. Yeah, excluding I could, the '66 one. I could do it. Do you need a minute, Michael, or do you want to go first? I guess first, in my opinion. But if you need a minute, we'll let you have it for sure. I mean, all of them, Michael. I, I mean, I'm I, talking I Batman you, like, Forever, Batman and Robin. I mean, I, all I, of them. I don't know about that, man. Are we? Are we? Rico, are we doing it in the order of our preference or the order of what, what, how good we think they are? Lord, like, Lord like, 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 when I say good, but like in terms of like quality like, versus order, order of preference, okay. because like I acknowledge Empire is the better film, but I, I prefer Return exactly, to the Exactly, exactly, right. Okay, so order of preference. All right. All right, Michael, give me your top three. That, that'll be the easiest way. Out of all the Batman films, give me your top three, just out of curiosity. I mean, that's easy. It's always gonna. It's the Dark Knight. If it's Batman Begins, and this the 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 fuck is the name of that one? I know Dark this. Knight Rises. No, no, no. Uh, I was I was surprised for a second. Fucking De Niro. Joker. Yeah. Oh come on! Don't give me that shit. Joker's it's not part a Batman of my movie. Man. It's not. It's not. It's part of. Your, are you talking about Keaton? Yeah. You said De Niro. De Niro's in you Joker. Said De Niro, dude. Isn't he the Joker? No, that's Nic- Nicholson. That's Nicholson. 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 That's what I meant. Nicholson. I was like, De Niro's in the other Joker film, Nicholson. motherfucker. Nicholson. Okay. Uh, you not, not that Joker. <laughs> I was you like. You me off because you're like the Joker. I was like, yeah, the guy who plays the Joker. I was like, oh, no. Wrong I, actor. I was legit thought, thinking you were being an asshole. Be like, well, hey, Bruce Wayne's in the Joker. So fuck <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, that that's a pretty good top three. I'm 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 into that. CJ, you working on yours? Yeah, I'm, I I right, got I got do all of them. Let's, let's no, the I want to do I want to do them all. all. No, no, I want to do them all. I can do it. That's what that's what all we right. do. We Michael gets a pass because he doesn't do this every week, but we do this shit. So I we we should all have right. to do it. I have one other question: Is Batman v Superman a Batman movie or no? Because if we're not including that, I just need to know because that will affect my order. So I was curious. Um, I'm including it, but I'm not including Justice League. either version of the Justice League. I would agree, but I just wanted to make see we were on the same page there. Okay, right. I think I can do it, Rico, but I might I might need some rearranging. I'll I'll, I'll help you if you need help. I would recommend writing them down. No, um, you you don't you want a challenge? Yeah. Uh, I can I can rattle the top three right away. Probably top four right away. So top three, four is Batman Begins, Dark Knight, this, uh, Batman v Superman. I think I want to say for four. Okay. Batman Forever. Okay. Uh, eighty nine returns. Uh, Dark Knight Rises and. Uh, Batman, Robin. Okay. Did I miss I can, one, or is that all? Oh, I, I think you. I think you got them all. Okay. Um, uh, I'm still working on mine. I'm almost done with it. Um, I'll tell you how it's going. Uh, Batman Returns as the top, but I I acknowledge that it's got faults, especially since you and I have rewatched it a couple times. But yeah, for for my personal preference, Batman Returns, then Batman '89, uh, then The Dark Knight, then Batman Begins. I thought you liked Begins over Dark Knight. We've had that conversation. I, I, we, I do, but at the same time, like Heath Ledger really fucking elevates that movie. Fair enough. Like I've seen Batman Begins 
more than the Dark Knight, but I think the Dark Knight I've I've enjoyed. I, I, I'm not necessarily arguing. I just remember us having previous conversations. No, so it, it you threw me you off. are correct. Yeah. I just I think a fucking cat cut my leg open. He tried to jump up and he fucking claw, like my leg is bleeding. I'm not even joking. It's it's kind of ow, dude. You little <laughs> dick. Um. So after Batman Begins, the Batman. Uh, then I would go Batman Forever, and then I would go Batman v Superman. And the only reason, I mean, it's, I don't need to fucking explain why. Batman v Superman's there, and then it's Batman and Robin. Like, Batman and Robin can kiss my dick. I have Batman v Superman in so high because the point that you've made, and I agree with you, the, the Affleck's portion of that film is that good i so when i when i rank it i'm not ranking the whole film i'm ranking the the affleck portion of it you know i can understand that point and i don't disagree i think that affleck is the best part of that whole fucking movie it just really sucks it's lumped in a really bad batman movie i i i agree but you know what actually you know what I, I'm going to flip Batman Forever with Batman v Superman. So Batman see, Forever is the second to last. It, it, it's really to the point of you were oh, I making... I the Dark Knight Rises. I, okay. Yeah, I thought you skipped that one. Um, to your point about uh, Ledger raising the Dark Knight, you know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. that's what Affleck does for me in Batman v Superman. You know, so... Yeah. Okay, so here's, here's my ranking again. Batman Returns, Batman 89, The Dark Knight, Batman Begins, The Batman... Uh, the Dark Knight Rises, Batman v Superman, Batman Forever, and then Batman and Robin. See, I like obviously I like Batman Forever a, a lot more than you did. But. It it just became a Jim like rewatching it recently. It's it's just a Jim Carrey movie at this point. It yeah, really, but it's like, one of he, it, it's he, one of his better Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey movies. You know, I like yeah, but, his I like his serious stuff better. Period. But for the ones where he's being weird, it's one of his better ones. So. Uh, true. All right, Michael, you got anything else to say before we end? Because I got, I usually get the funnel say. Um, the best Joker portrayal is definitely Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this? Good cop, bad shit cop. What? Hey, motherfuckers, get ready for a long closing that us podcasters are obligated to do. I try to make this funny, so bear it all with me. If you're currently listening to this after an episode, then you already know how to find us. But if someone played this for you and you need directions, then you can listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcasts. Or simply Google us. Please don't forget to rate and comment. Seriously, we're not just saying that because we want to. We need your acceptance. Also, we do it live! Fuck it! Sorry. What I mean to say is we show off our shenanigans every Friday on getvocal.com slash pod askew. That is vocal spelled V-O-K-L. This is a way for our fans and friends and family to interact with us and occasionally offer to pay for therapy. Catch these interventions at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Do the math if you're not in either of those time zones. Also, if you happen to like us individually, I do a live reading of books called Rico's Reads. This means I take a look and read a book. Currently, I'm waiting for LeVar Burton to sue my literate ass, but I add funny voices and say fuck a lot. So it's not true plagiarism. So let me tuck your ass in on Thursdays on GetVocal.com at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and for you West Coast dudes, that means 4 p.m. 
If you want to agree with or yell at us, especially CJ, follow him and me and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew. I am at Rance Rico. And CJ is at M underscore Blade. Clearly, he put more thought into his username than I. We want to thank Logo Mike for our logo. That's why we call him Logo Mike. The dude is our very own Michelangelo. If you want or need some good art, hit him up at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. We got to give a big sloppy thank you to Samuel Lemons for all the original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel dash Lemons. When life gives you Sam Lemons, you better pucker up. And fucking finally, and most important, we have to thank all of you. Well, we don't have to. We want to. It really does mean a lot to CJ and I. You guys have prioritized your time listening to us. We really, really appreciate it. Hang tight for the post-credit. Damn it. I need a smoke. You guys realize I'm still here, right? You're going to tie me? How the hell am I supposed to get out of here? Yeah.